0: disenfranchised from everything I fall up and I fall down American Loser the day I was born
1: Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of American Loser. My name is KP Burke. I'm a New Jersey-based comedian and podcaster. I have a great show here. It's called American Loser. Maybe you guys have heard of it. A lot of you have. You've been here for about three years with us now. If you're a regular loser devotee, we appreciate you. If this is your first episode, um, you fucked up. (laughs) <laughs> fucked All right, this is part two because
2: you're coming in on part two. Yeah, this is
1: part two of a guy's life, so you got to hear. You know, check out part one at least. Maybe check out some of the other stuff here. But of course, where else could we be to do this show other than that, a shared universe podcast
2: studio in Red Bank, New Jersey, Dad? Red Bank, Red Bank, all new vibe here. This is this is awesome.
1: It is. We're over here, Red Bank. Mike and Ming still taking great care of us. We love the Bell Labs. We just. Everyone seems to love the Bell Labs, and that's why <laughs> yeah. there's always a church group breaking out, or someone, a, a bar fight, or uh, the Jewish Beach Boys were playing one time. I, I'm, or jackhammers. Or, yeah. Jackhammers. <laughs> guys with
2: uh, helmets and steel tip shoes and just going at it against concrete. So uh, it's, been,
1: uh, it's been a wild ride over there, and I do love and We will use it for stuff moving forward, but uh, we had to make sure we got this one done, because, uh, again, it's an audio-based medium, this podcasting thing here, folks.
0: This was originally supposed to be one episode.
1: True. <laughs> we have, It also worked out, too, because this guy's life. We well, First of all, let me real quick just introduce everybody. To my left is my DILF of a dad, Lawrence Patrick Burke, retired shop teacher and current <laughs> DILF.
2: How are you, buddy? We're doing great, Kev. We're doing great. We're doing K- very oh, excuse good. Excuse me, KP. We got to go with the stage name here. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, it's not even a stage name. That's, name. that's a full name. The, the son of KP name. Burke.
1: Kevin Patrick. And of course, behind the ones and twos, the man that makes it all happen. All right. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, but say hello to the big kahuna. How you doing, man? Good to be here, buddy.
0: It is good to be here, right? Like I actually do like
1: this space. It's it's cool. It's cool, and I, I like that there's a lot of toys back in here now. For you know, getting back to Mike and Ming's. Um, oh, know,
0: don't don't even kid yourself. You're you're only happy here because of the coffee.
1: Uh, we're gonna steal some <laughs> coffee on our way out. <laughs> right, right. Perhaps a Ross beer. That's or right, words. Bulky jacket. Just sneak
2: out of here with.
0: But hey, yeah, we were joking about it before, but this was supposed to be a single episode that in the middle of uh the recording of the last one we started hearing guitars. <laughs> and then church music acquires. Uh, yeah,
1: praise band breaks out somewhere and it's just like, all right, so this is I love that the, the place is busy. I just can't have it that busy.
0: <laughs> no, I get trust me, I get it. Uh, uh I was as shocked as you were.
1: Uh, me too, man. Before we dive right back in, so of course this is about uh the Marquis de Lafayette, who we did a wonderful part one on. I'm pretty excited about that. Part two, we screwed up, Dad. We wrote a book again.
2: Yeah, I know. It's 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 once you start to get into it, you say, yeah, let's let's do Lafayette. He's a cool dude. He he might be uh, some interesting. Then stuff you scroll on
1: him. his Wikipedia page, and, and you just like keep scrolling and keeps scrolling going and going and going. Yeah, like a like a breakup text message from uh, one of my ex girlfriends. <laughs> but anyway, I'll say this: we got to do a couple things real quick. Just a little housekeeping up front. If you guys enjoy the show, please support us over on Patreon, where for as little as three dollars a month, you can get a bonus episode of the show. We haven't decided what we're going to do for the end of the month one here yet. I'll try to sneak one one last one in with LP before he becomes South Beach Larry.
0: Hmm. He's about
1: to head down to South Florida for better weather and uh, a German beer garden and, you know, some hanging out at the pool. You got some stuff to do, dude.
2: Yeah. He's he picking
0: up sure. those good vibrations.
2: Shovel snow or lay on the beach. Uh, let me see. I see your let me Let me balance that out. <laughs> okay.
1: Don't worry. He'll be back up for March uh, as long as uh, parade season is good to go for the old uh, St. Patrick's Day stuff. But um we will figure it all out here. If you want to support us over on Patreon, like I said, we, it really means a lot to us, guys. Even if you just show up just for one month, just throw us a couple of bucks. It helps. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee at Dunkin' Donuts, you can help continue for us to keep the show rolling. It's really because of you guys. So. And keep Kahuna's love. That's the, uh, the founding losers, for baby. For
0: goodness sake, you don't buy my love, damn it.
1: <laughs> I think we did the first year and then now it's actually <laughs> – That's right. That's right. <laughs> you kidding me? Uh, speaking of people we love, though, over at the Founding Losers, uh, we're not going to say why. We just want to give a special shout-out to our buddy, uh, Stu Greenberg. Great guy. Um, and, going uh, through
0: some stuff at the moment.
1: Yeah, no, but you know what? It's it's all on the up and up. He's got a great family. He's got uh, two kids that are characters that uh, keep him very busy. <laughs> and, uh, Stu, we're just uh, – we're thinking about you, buddy. And then also another shout-out I have to give. So I'm a member of a group on Facebook called American History Fanatics. And um, they post a lot of good shit. Every now and then you reach out to some of the people, and they sometimes they can be a little stuffy, like "Oh, you want me on your podcast to discuss what?" Pray tell, because <laughs> that's what p- people don't realize is we're damned. We're damned no matter what because we right. are damned if you do, damned if you don't. As a comedy podcast, people are like "Oh, wow, so you actually have to like learn shit to yeah, come you on get, your show?" You guys get serious, <laughs> yeah. You know, what are you you're trying to teach during your comedy podcast? So the comedian friends I have are like, "What the fuck is this?" And then the historical people, historian, you know, type folks, we try to bring on are like. A little uh, little class clownish here, it would seem.
0: And we're the podcast for the everyman. We're,
1: we're a blend. A, we're a blend. What are we doing, fellas? We're putting the spotlight firmly on second place. Second place. place. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but uh, one member of the group has been very, very cool. She posts stuff about the Lafayette Trail all the time, which we will get into in a second. Uh, her name is Kat Smith. She's actually been really cool. She wants to put me in touch with the guy who's, uh, I guess, the curator of the trail or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's- Well, we're going to figure it out. Lafayette is um, about as cool of an American hero as uh, we ever had from uh, the the country of France.
0: So before we dive in completely, can we maybe get like a five-minute recap or maybe like even less?
1: That's a good idea. Good idea. So if for some reason you are – let's just say you wanted a recap to pick up where you left off or let's say for some reason you're one of those stubborn Irish folks that – Hold on.
0: I got you the perfect introduction. Previously on American Loser.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, our boy the – Marquis de Lafayette, which means like the nobleman of the House of Lafayette. Okay. He's got a very, very long name. His uh, He joked that his mother named him every saint's name in the book so that he couldn't be defeated in battle. So he would be you know taken care of. And he comes from a warrior-like family here. And uh, he's training up. He's literally training to be a musketeer. He's got some – the comparison I've made here is that he's Batman. He's Bruce Wayne. Um <laughs> You're going to see why I say that soon because there's a couple – even more so when he goes back to France. But um, he's a young man. He's got to figure out what he's going to do with his life and his father dies fighting the British. Um, so
2: During the Seven Years War. Yeah, so he never meets frame. his
1: father.
0: You must pick up the mantle of Batman.
1: <laughs> the uh, Yes, the Marquis de Lafayette will now train as a musketeer and then decide that he's going to illegally leave France. Even though there's a lot of people in France supporting the American Revolution, he's going to go over to America, literally stows away on a ship – is now a fugitive from his own country, and shows up, and he has a letter from good old who? Who else, other than Ben Franklin, the Godfather? He says, <laughs> "You must understand, this Marquis de Lafayette. He's a powerful man, a strong ally for you, George Washington. Take take this letter and go see g Dubs. <laughs> <laughs> and him and G Dubs hit it off famously. And uh, Marquis de Lafayette is proving his his warrior name well in battle on the fields of uh, America, and he's going to go back and forth. Um, you know, he's got a couple of uh, He's able to really um, galvanize the American effort. Uh, He's also able to – pretty much some of those structured retreats we were talking about. Because of his diligence, the army is living to fight another day. And this is when living to fight another day was not guaranteed whatsoever. So Mm -hmm. he's a pretty cool guy. He does wind up going back over to France for a little bit. And what do they do when he arrives? You've laughed pretty hard at this last week. So he's a a hero upon arrival in France. He's a hero leaving America, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, my God, this French guy's amazing. Marquis de Lafayette, total badass dude. He arrives back in France. The people are going nuts and the
2: king goes, hey. Oh, yeah. (laughs) House Uh, arrest. House arrest. House arrest. (laughs) Yeah. Because he left France initially uh, secretively because the king forbid any of the uh, French military minds to go over to aid the the, uh, American colonists. Because they were afraid of getting into uh, a little scrape. Once again with the with the <laughs> British, so they really do have a, a constant beef going those two.
0: But it was also like reluctant house arrest. Like even the king was like, "Hey, I'm I'm proud of you. You did good, but you still disobeyed." Right. It's like it was
2: it, a slap on the wrist. Yeah. He was hunting with him a couple of days later. Right. Yeah. As I said. Uh, it's kind of like dad saying, go to your room and you think about what, what you, you did. did. Meanwhile, <laughs> dad's like, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, good job, good job. Is my Nintendo being taken away? No, but
1: you will go to your – do you understand? Don't ask any more files. Can I play with G.I. Joes?
2: No, stop asking questions. <laughs> but while he's back in France though, he does convince the uh, the French <laughs> government to uh, help, and send additional aid to the American colonists. So, I mean, he, he's not not there just to go back and celebrate. He's there – Once again, still trying to promote the American cause and have the French send additional aid to the colonists.
1: He did. He did. And I will... um I stopped myself because I had an example of a time you sent me to my room, but you were proud of me. <laughs> well, uh, we don't need to
2: go into that on air. <laughs> oh, I
0: get, no one gets kahuna behind the scenes. access. Like this. this is going to be great. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's just say I popped a kid in the face and uh, I was brought Oh, okay. To. That's
1: a different, it's a I,
2: different situation than what I was thinking about. There's a couple, yeah. but uh, I got a.
0: Oh, me and you have the same story then. Cause then same thing here where it was like. I got into a little bit of a fight at school and it wasn't like I didn't start it. I just finished it. <laughs> and uh I go home and dad's like, "Why'd you do that? Go to your room." I'm so
1: proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what happened with the king here. That's a good um good way to describe that too. And now he's still trying to help uh, foster the Everett. Eventually Lafayette will come back to the United States though, and he's going to be he's greeted like a returning knight in shining armor like, "Hey, Revolution's not looking so hot. Hey, Lafayette's back. He brought some French fellows with him. And uh
0: Now, how long is he in France for before they decide to send troops over to help?
2: It's um a matter I, of months, but uh he does come back as the returning, you know, he the, the the revolutionary war, the American Revolutionary War is still going on, but he comes back with the with a secret message from the king to be delivered to George Washington, mm-hmm. and that message is actually delivered in our own Morristown, New Jersey because uh, Washington is Washington <laughs> is in the middle of his winter encampment at Morristown and uh, uh divulges the uh, secret message from the king of France that mm-hmm. hey we're sending we're sending shit we're sending a, a fleet
0: we're getting we're getting you
2: back up right right we're sending men we're sending a navy we're sending artillery we're sending we're sending good shit to fight a war with
0: now so you you also left off on a cliffhanger of the last episode like back to the future style
1: well he has been sent too. This is a little bit later on in the war effort here. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, I don't want to spend too, too much time on this one particular part because it was a great, um, it, It's. we'll say this, in, in playing with the uh, collected uh, metaverse of uh, American loser. <laughs> um, <laughs> a verse? Yeah. If you want to know more about, because he's going to go after, Marquis de Lafayette gets sent by George Washington to go hunt down and capture the traitorous Benedict Arnold. So if you want to know more about that story- We have a full episode on Benedict Arnold. On Benedict Arnold, yeah. So, because unfortunately, despite his best efforts, Lafayette never does get to capture the traitorous Benedict Arnold. Um, But there's going to be a a couple of things here just to try to get us back into the story because I think we and appreciate that it was a good call on the recap, Cahoons, because we even had to get some of our timeline straightened out here. Yeah.
2: So, um, Lafayette's back in in um, the American colonies, and the war is now shifting to the south. So. That's why Benedict Arnold was down in the South, in and around Virginia. Uh, Washington comes to know of this. He sends Lafayette to the Virginia area, to the Southern colonies, with the idea of, uh, you know, go fight the British and capture Benedict Arnold. Unfortunately, the British then pulled Benedict Arnold back to New York. But uh, Lafayette still got a a shit pile of work to do to... uh, to slow down the uh, British advance in the Southern colonies. So their idea was that they were going to take over the Southern colonies and then, you know, piecemeal collapse the the, the American revolutionary cause. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, meanwhile, Washington is still back up in the, in the middle colonies, up in the North. So he sends uh, Lafayette the message that do whatever delaying tactics you possibly can until we can get down there now with this new – French alliance that uh, let's see if we can't uh, um, defeat the the British in in the south because things weren't going real well initially when the British first started going for the southern colonies. But anyhow- um,
1: Well, I got a battle for you if you're ready. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. The um, very famous battle here, uh, made famous uh, in its depiction in Mel Gibson's The Patriot, but the Battle of Cowpens will take place in South Carolina. So this is that southern campaign in the American Revolution- that's not going so hot for the boys here, but things are beginning to come together for the colonists, and now the French are again out in full support as the war is starting to draw to a close here. So, Cowpens is a big, big moment, um, maybe made a little bit bigger with a Hollywood budget, and he pledged <laughs> yeah, right, uh, right. Mel Gibson. Right. But um, definitely a big moment here. Now, it, this is going to sound crazy. I don't want to wrap up the American Revolution too, too quick, Dad, so I want you to go into any detail you had on that. But we are drawing to a close here. Um because there's a, a British general by the name of Cornwallis and there's a little uh, siege going on at a place called Yorktown.
2: Yeah, well, the, the British um, are starting to uh, pull back to towards the coast because that's the way they fought the war all along is that they could control the sea coast. But it was inland where they were having some difficulties. And uh, the Battle of Cowpens is a proof of that, that they're now pulling back to the coast. Because the British Navy was going to come in and, and pull them out of uh, whatever danger they might uh, in, encompass, but uh, um, it's Lafayette that realizes that if we can if we can bottle these guys up, we could probably have a, a, a pretty major victory on our hands here if we can bottle them up. So they start um, pulling back towards uh, Yorktown, which was uh, you know pretty predominant or major seaport at the time so it was a good base of operations for the british with the idea that the british navy could come in and just pull them out of there if they (laughs) get into any kind of trouble but uh now with the french fleet they came up from uh, the caribbean and they um fight a big naval battle that um the french win the British Navy retreats back to New York, but that leaves Cornwallis stranded at Yorktown mm-hmm. and they just lay siege to uh, Yorktown. Uh, but it was really Lafayette that caused uh, them to pull back into Yorktown. So and it was his uh, very positive suggestion that, hey, let's uh, let's bring our guys down here and see if we can encircle these guys and and uh, Catch him in a a siege situation. You want to
1: talk about a a name brand value. So obviously, you know, Mike and Ming of comic book men fame. uh, We're actually right across the street from the secret stash too. So Captain America, Iron Man, the Incredible Hulk, all fighting side by side, pretty common in the Avengers movies. Mm -hmm. Um, In this final Cornwallis surrender, it's actually oddly uh, in response to a failed counterattack. So Cornwallis throws one final counterattack here that gets held back by the Americans under the leadership of Marquis de Lafayette, Uh, enacted in the field by General Matt Anthony Wayne, Loserception, and also featuring future uh, treasurer slash aspiring hip hop artist, Alexander Hamilton. So (laughs) you got some name value here on the field right now.
0: I heard Uh, that there was also uh, Lieutenant Christian Cordes there as well.
1: (laughs) Different revolution. (laughs) But uh, with a win for the colonists under their belt and a nice little ambassadorship uh, under his belt for his efforts. They give him an ambassadorship um, to honor uh, the Marquis de Lafayette. Lafayette will return to Europe and shows a a little – he's very keen. uh, American politics is different than politics anywhere else in the world because there's monarchy but there's not monarchy if that makes sense. There's powerful families but no one family presiding over all. Um thank God. This is a
0: yeah, I'd a, rather not be ruled over the nation of Kardashian.
1: <laughs> and yet here we are, subjects of it nonetheless. Oh God. Um I'll say this. This is uh this is a good move here, Coons. I think you'd appreciate this too. Um he's gonna use some of his American political uh ideas that uh some of his buddies have given him. Uh Tom Jefferson goes to him, he goes, he goes, Hey man, you know what <laughs> you want to do. You know what you want to do if you want to make a move over here. Um he's in the French court, he's gonna jump several ranks. Uh, immediately, So he doesn't even have to spend time in any of the other ranks. They jump him like two or three video game levels, you know? <laughs> He's Level hailed, up extra points. He pretty much Double does. Double kill. He's hailed as a hero on two continents now and then also shrewdly at the suggestion of Thomas Jefferson will name his daughter Marie Antoinette Virginie uh, to show his love for the French crown as well as his devotion to the colony of Virginia for whom he had shed blood.
2: Yeah, for whom he has shed, uh, shed blood for, but he was also uh, – it also happens to be George Washington's uh, – home state, so uh, he names his Jefferson's firstborn too. son uh, George, George Washington, Washington. Mm-hmm. Lafayette, and now his uh, his daughter is now named uh, Marie Antoinette to pay tribute to the the queen of France, yeah. but Marie Antoinette Virginie, who paid tribute to really his adopted father, um, George Washington. Yeah.
1: You know, we got a lot of Jersey pride here. You know, you hear a lot of- um, But this Texas pride. pride. This Virginia stuff's through the roof because uh, people are just um, constantly betraying their nation in favor of- Virginia's got to be like a hot chick or something like that where it's a guy <laughs> just- <laughs> that, I left right. my wife for you. Do you understand? Because yeah. <laughs> it happens twice in American history. I <laughs> read about the Civil War. Um, but uh, our boy Lafayette, he's now getting involved in the most cutthroat business on planet Earth. Politics. Pretty much. Uh, the nice part about it is uh, uh, on the battlefield, um, the bullets and the danger are in front of you. Uh, in <laughs> politics, it is coming from all angles and usually behind. I would,
0: I
2: would say behind more actually. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> are you patting me on the back or are you or stabbing, stabbing me him. in the back? Either way, the pain is
1: dull. <laughs> That's right. He will uh, – he's going to work – by the way, another good group of guys right here to be working with. And this is how well thought of the Marquis de Lafayette is. Um, he's going to work with the new United States. And as many friends amongst what we are now calling the founding fathers, names like John Jay, John Adams, Christian Cordes, Thomas Jefferson. See, let me pull the trigger. (laughs) Uh, With Jefferson, by the way, he will work tirelessly to make treaties with France that will allow favorable trade in exchange for debt reduction. Um, You see, the United States owed the French quite a large sum of money. And uh, France wasn't exactly killing it in their own domestic policy at the moment. It was going to lead to something pretty wild, but more on that here in a second.
2: Yeah, and (laughs) one of the big reasons why France is really uh, in debt is because of all the money that they gave to the American colonies to fight the British. So. You yeah, know, they're, they're not doing too well. And- you're
0: broke. I'm broke. Let's be broke together.
2: <laughs> yeah. But uh, if you're broke and I'm broke and you owe me money, where's my money, dude? You know, so the French are looking for their- They need to get paid. And then, of course, there's a, a couple other things. So there's more loser receptions to come. <laughs> that's, but,
0: like, uh, that's like two crack addicts who are like, hey, you owe me money. But he's talking to another crack addict.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, you ain't getting shit. So that's a fire hydrant. <laughs> <laughs> uh but it's uh it's going to get pretty wild pretty quickly here. Lafayette is enjoying his wild wild popularity in America. He will tour the U.S., receiving tons of support and cheers from a large crowd. He's going to visit with a bunch of his uh his old buddies. He actually receives honorary citizenship. What state gives him honorary citizenship first, Dad?
2: Uh, a bunch of them. I think it was Virginia was one of them. Or Maryland of them. is the first. Maryland was enough. the first. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah, but th- his tour of uh, of America really comes back a little later on, but there's a lot of He's got a couple tours. A lot He's of a popular yeah, guy. He was back and forth a bunch of times, but uh um there's there's a a shitstorm brewing in, in France for sure because things are not going well as I say the their economy is in the in the shitter and the crops there's a, a, sub- a number of different crop failures if you will, so But is that
0: also changing how people perceive uh Lafayette? Like he's just this guy. He's still well, Yeah, he's, he's still popular, but like he's gloated. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's still
2: popular, but he's also one of the rich guys. So yeah, if I, if you're dirt poor and you're you you know not making it and starving, uh, and there's this rich guy, you, there's still some
0: there's some level of up, animosity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: there's there's a key absolutely there's a linchpin to this too that kind of has to be stated before we get into the affairs in uh, France that are going to change the entire outcome of the world. But um, while he's in America now, Lafayette is talking about his passionate cause of ending slavery in its entirety. And this is based off of a lot of the issue that the the works of a guy named uh, Rousseau. So the American Revolution takes from Hobbes and Locke, right, uh, borrowing from philosophy. Mm -hmm. And then Rousseau comes along and he writes some good stuff as well. Uh, Rousseau, I believe, is dead before the the pending French Revolution happens, but his works are considered – Like his fingerprints are all over it, that they took his works. And Lafayette's reading him. The Founding Fathers are reading him. A lot of people are enjoying his stuff because he's reading what they read and enjoyed. So, But a lot of these ideas. um, Now back in his native France um, where he would host this American guest, uh, Lafayette had a place called the Hotel de Lafayette in Paris where he would often have dinner with visiting dignitaries and they would talk about his desire for the emancipation of all slaves and other works of philosophy including Rousseau. So – this next part, we're, we're kind of alluding to it. You guys both know where we're going. So this next part's tough. You want to sit there and try to have a, a, a blue-collar <laughs> history podcast with your retired shop teacher dad and your buddy. <laughs> right. Your buddy, the Kahuna. I almost let's said get it really into a arguing. simple
2: topic. Like, oh, I don't know, the French Revolution.
1: Uh, let's get the most Holy complex shit. thing I've ever done. Um, <laughs> so this next part will seem vague but also bogged down in detail simultaneously. It's a confusing chapter that starts out with great hope for true reform. As Lafayette is using his hero stature in France to publicly call for reform against corruption within the monarchy as France is entering a full-on financial crisis. Mm-hmm. Similar to the American Revolution, it is a power struggle and as all power struggles go, it is between the haves and the have-nots. So that is – you look at the, the absolute uh, epicenter of every dispute ever between classes or groups or anything like that. It's always haves and have-nots. Somebody has got all the shit. And the other side wants to know what's up with that.
0: It's a hard knock Life. <laughs> Come on. I'm not, I'm not he, wrong.
1: <clears throat> instead of going Les Mis, he goes Annie. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs>
0: For whatever reason, I can't stand Les Mis. Um, Have you
1: ever tried watching the movie? No, because I read about the French revolution. It was way more interesting than, uh, than the idea of a musical could be. Um, fair enough. There's going to be some ensuing chaos here. Um,
0: it's American Loser. I expect chaos.
1: Oh, it's it's pretty nuts, man. Uh, there's going to – I'll try to bring you through some talking points and we're going to try to keep it Lafayette-centric because we could sit there and try to break down the entire French Revolution, but we don't have the time or
2: I don't have the IQ points. Yeah, that's, um, that's three or four episodes, never mind part two of that's Lafayette. A that's a yeah. season. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so our point of view character for this, uh, our boots on the ground is going to be Lafayette. Um, now, Lafayette wants reform, okay, but he does not want full-blown anarchy. Uh, so there's two kind of factions that are starting to break down. So when we say the monarchy, we don't just mean the king and the queen. We mean the court, anybody else of nobility. Uh, the haves. Those are your haves. And then there's the poor people of France who are like, hey, so it's great that we're helping out this America country over here. Um, but what
0: I, can't, about us? I
1: can't feed my family. Right. Um, have nuts. Yeah, that's gonna be pretty bad. You got uh, uh you know, people are you know starving to death, literally. There's I mean a it's a of-
0: valid question. I mean, especially oh, when totally. they see this dude just parading all over a state, uh, I mean a country that is pretty much prospering now.
1: Well, um Lafayette, it's it's weird too, because you would think that they would be annoyed by that, but the French are also taking they're like, Look what America just did. Why aren't we doing that here? Yeah. But they just stood up to a king. But once again, the great American advantage we will always have is our geography. Where our king was three thousand miles away, their king lives on the same rock that they do in France. Right. So
2: we but, can ride past the king's palace, where in the American colonies the king, is, as Kev says, was, was three thousand miles away. And yeah, in a their king can have troops on the their ocean. way to you. Yeah, you know, right. if
1: you're a troublemaker, that you—it's a hike to get to you instead of a boat ride. So, um, but Lafayette is still pretty popular here, and the idea is that they want. Lafayette will say this too, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Lafayette talks about his dream for France of being a constitutional monarchy. So probably what would be similar to um, British Parliament right now, there's a prime minister. There's also the monarchy, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? That you can keep some tradition and then meld it to make – you can be – you can kind of put things that are working together with ideas that maybe need improvement. But – there's also, as it always happens, every revolution. There's always the radicals that just go absolutely full-blown fucking nuts, and the middle ground that most people are sitting on. You wind up taking away numbers from them because they're like, "Well, I'm not getting involved with this." They're getting a little crazy, yeah, over a little
2: here bit crazy, right? They're so, a little too left or they're a little too right. Where um, I think Lafayette is really kind of viewed as the the middle ground. He is he the wants- perfect moderate.
1: It's like no. how, and I'm not. I really am not trying to shoehorn this in here. It's like how Batman still works with the police. <laughs> you know what I mean? He goes, listen, you guys, because if, ba- if Batman was, the difference between Batman and the Punisher is that the Punisher was just blowing people away, right? Batman's like, let me help you guys out with some of your job that you seem to not really be doing great at. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> right. You guys could
1: use a little help. I mean, but no
0: he, one could touch the man. Anyway. <laughs> but he
1: also of writes of a little
2: document uh, at this time period. Take too. it away, sir. Well, no. he gets a little help from his friends. He reaches yeah. back and goes, oh, Tommy. He Tommy. goes back to, uh, you know, Tommy, who's the guy that wrote to, or helped write the. Uh, major contributor to the Declaration of Independence and uh, and the, the good stuff back in America. Uh Lafayette writes his own document. Um and he, I don't
1: know yes. why I'm making them from Jersey right now, but it's Lafayette calling up Jefferson. Yo, Tommy, you got yo, you know that <laughs> yeah. remember that declaration you thing know that did? Thing? Yo, down in <laughs> Philly? Down in Philly. Come on, come on man. You know that thing people wouldn't know, yo, you got any more of that shit? <laughs> and he, he coughs up another one. You got any more of that revolution shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Thomas Jefferson cr- helps him craft another document, which uh, the, is going to be called the.
2: Yeah, you're going to be a good wordsmith. He's going to help him out with that with that shit. But it's the Declaration of the Rights of Man and the Citizen. So it's it's for everybody. It's not just the monarchy. It's not just the common guy. It's it's everybody. 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 And and part of that is is uh, anti slavery uh, situation too. That. Uh, He's always a big push, and you know we can see how uh he wasn't just talking about our, our words i mean he had uh t- took action while he was uh um an American general during the revolutionary war, and he's he's pushing for the for the little guy the 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 unvoiced or the unheralded
1: well like we said, Lafayette does want reform but not full blown anarchy he provides this document here. And it's a human rights piece that's pulled um, largely from all the great enlightenment philosophers, like we just said, Hobbes, Locke, um, Rousseau. um, I don't think you would put – nah, I don't think you would put Calvin in there. I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. Somebody will hear that and get angry. Um, But uh, again, human rights piece and uh, it's this idea of natural rights for man that are inalienable, which seems like a good cause to rally around, right? Right? Yeah. No way this great idea could wind up getting a little bit dangerous.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but if you're the guy that's holding the holding all the cards, you're not giving up anything. So he's not really uh, – you know, there's – on both sides of the coin are now saying, wait a minute, this guy's a bit of a wackadoodle. It's, he thinks that everybody's going to have equal rights. That's – no way.
1: It's a little bit like on Game of Thrones when you start watching it and you just assume that the Starks are the good guys and the Lannisters are the bad guys. And then the more complex the story gets, you're like, man, the Lannisters aren't really all that evil. And there's some real shitheads in this stark earth. It's yeah. kind of what- You start
0: yeah. to realize not everything is as black and white as they make it out
1: to. Right. Oh, totally. This is, Disney has not made a French Revolution movie for a few reasons. <laughs> <laughs> so Lafayette will present this uh, Declaration of Rights of Man and the Citizen on July 11th, 1789. July 14th, which by my count, three days later- the prison/fortress known as the bastille is being stormed. Vive la revolution is underway. <laughs> yeah. No, the Vive ba- la
2: revolution. That's
1: Bastille Day by the way. They celebrate that like it's their 4th of July, but meanwhile it's it's not um it's not the great um cuz the one thing is this, for the American Revolution, it was really done by landowners and lawyers that uh put everything into effect and they wrote a very very nice breakup letter with the king. And then they had to fight after that.
0: Hey, it's not you. It's me.
1: Yeah. uh, France. (laughs) France is just going. It's
0: not me. It's you. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) France is sitting there trying to break up with the monarchy by um, going uh, full. um, What was it? Fatal Attraction. -hmm. That there's a bunny boiling in a pot right now, and uh, she's leaving dead animals on the front door. Like, it's bad. Jesus.
2: Yeah. Now, you said the storming of Bastille, and I think a lot of the uh, American uh, listeners have no clue what the Bastille was. They might have heard the term the storming of the Bastille as the big high point or the spark point of the uh, French Revolution. But Things are not really going real well politically in France nor economically and there's all these different factions, the common guy, the aristocrats, the haves, the have-nots, all all this type of thing. Well, the storming of the Bastille, the Bastille is actually a prison and there weren't a whole lot of prisoners in the Bastille so it wasn't like this big mob riot was going to free these political prisoners. Um, but it was the monarchy that was throwing people into the Bastille, into jail. A lot of people were being executed. But um, the big push for the for the mob to storm the Bastille was to go after weapons, going after guns and gunpowder because
0: – Once you have control of that. Right.
2: Once you have control of that. You, you
0: have mean, control of the situation. All,
2: all my Second Amendment guys are going crazy that you know, they didn't have – the common guy did not have – uh any kind of second amendment rights or anything like that so i mean if you're if you're going to fight a revolution or you're going to have a, an uprising against the government whether it's a monarchy or not it's good to have some weapons good to have some weapons and where do, where, where are there a bunch of weapons uh, at the bastille so they're going to storm the bastille and now the mob has got has now weaponized themselves um, the Bastille, actually as a fortress or as a, as a prison, is is torn down, is is completely demolished um, years later. But um, that that night, once the Bastille is stormed, they actually present Lafayette, or Lafayette, then becomes appointed the commander in chief of France's National Guard. So he's not in charge of the army. He's not in charge of the people kind of a thing, but the National Guard, which is really going to be dr- called in to put down some of these riots or at least bring yeah. some sense of order back to the uh, normalcy back to uh, back in, in France.
1: Yeah, Wait, so who
0: puts that into effect though?
1: So that's going to be the monarchy that's going to put him- They uh, put into Lafayette
0: into effect. Because right.
1: they realize he's a troop. But here's the, it, this is where it really gets screwy. Um, and keep in mind, like I said, that's within three days.
0: Is it just a, like? If, do they do that so it's like the familiar face? Like they think they'll listen to he's him? He's
1: definitely well thought of. He's the right man for the job in both uh, resume and uh, charisma. Mm-hmm. That they think that he can. But it does get a little bit screwy now because he's going to wind up making enemies on both sides. I'll say this: there's a Ned Stark quality to him. Where remember that the stupid Ned Stark memes, where they're like, uh, "You just can't leave well enough alone, can <laughs> you? you?" Just gotta where he he's ke- got to get. He keeps poking the bear. Oh, he really does. Um, it will soon devolve into chaos. And Yogi's
0: um, not happy about it.
1: <laughs> well, he gets uh, uh, voted in as the uh, the head of the Parisian National Guard. Okay. And they're sworn to keep order in the streets. But because the aristocracy knows that they have liberal politics at their heart, because Lafayette's been saying he wants to get rid of slavery and he wants to do with this and uh, constitutional monarchy. So he's really a reformer too. And they're like, well, listen, this guy, is, is he really going to have the best interest of – The monarchy, when he's still trying to make change, and now we just gave him an important position. Oh, and by the way, he's got a bunch of men that follow his orders, and he's a a fucking war hero.
2: Right. So (laughs) a little bit
1: of chaos. So they're
0: like, did we just shoot ourselves in the foot?
1: Well, they're nervous about that. And then on the same side, the mob is sitting there and saying, hey, 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 they got this guy here trying to put down our insurrection. Now, Lafayette's going to – you're going to make Lafayette fight us? Maybe this guy's not as cool as we thought he was. So some love him. Some hate him. He's an absolute hero in America, but he's becoming a polarizing figure in
2: his own native France. Uh, be- before we jump ahead, though, Kev, I, I do I found this was very cool that you know at the uh, the day of the storming of the Bastille, he's appointed to be the head of the National Guard, and the crowd, right, the commoners, present him with the key to the Bastille. It's a symbolic thing, but it's this big pound, and I don't know, it's over a pound in weight key that's a very symbolic gesture that he, we have now done away with the bastille and that key is a, a symbolic representation or a gesture from the people of the you know the hopes or, or faith that they have in lafayette mm-hmm. what is the idea that
1: you could take this and if you wanted to lead the revolution maybe this is our invitation for you to, to lead the uprising
2: yeah but that key um that key is then or. Lafayette then sends that key to America with the idea that he's going to present that to George Washington, kind of like a symbolic gesture that this is the uh, – The French version of your revolution. <laughs> the French version of right. your revolution. And I had a little loser reception here Uh-oh. with that too. So that key is entrusted to Thomas Paine. No shit. Now, you got to remember, a loser reception. we did Thomas Paine. t Uh And – after the American Revolution, he's the guy that wrote Common Sense, right? The pamphlet Common Sense, which was very instrumental in in um well, propaganda or whatever. In, there's the a American, whole episode was, on him, folks. <laughs> yeah, Actually, whole- that
1: one's a. Uh, if I remember right, that one's Patreon exclusive. So for as little as three dollars a month. Oh, you there you go. You get
2: all the back it. stuff too. Yeah. Um but Thomas but Paine writes got the key. Thomas Paine writes Common Sense. Uh and now Lafayette presents the um Key to the Bastille to Thomas Paine and to send that over to um, America. But uh, Thomas Paine gets tripped up a little bit and his trip is postponed. So it's actually delivered by uh, John Rutledge Jr., a planter from South Carolina. But the key is presented to the U.S. president. Who's the U.S. president at the time? George Washington. Um, And the ceremony is held in New York at the capital of the United States. So it's kind of like the people of France. Are now in uprising against their monarchy, and this whole freedom idea, and you know, um, all men are created equal, and all that kind of thing, is now flowing out of France and back to the United States as the the guy as the example of what could possibly be done for the for the people of the world, if you will. So,
1: Kahuna brought up a picture of it earlier, the storming of the Bastille. Um, there is a image of uh, if you look down there. So it's the Lady Liberty um type looking figure. Mm-hmm. And the uh French tricolor is Whoa. red, white, and blue. So and it's the storming moving forward. She's supposed to look like Lady Liberty herself. Um her boobs are about to pop out, which is awesome. Um out, That's right. But, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but this is um it, it's all done as this idea of uh, of glory and that this is a, a move towards freedom. This is similar, they're they're presenting themselves as this is similar to the American Revolution. Um and maybe this is kind of like their Lexington and Concord type, like type of a moment. So
2: Yeah, and anyway, that, that French tricolor, Lafayette had uh, some uh, input on the, the design of well, the French red, tricolor. It's red,
1: white, too. and blue, folks. There so there's go. some similar stuff going on here. France is saying we like what you guys are doing. Um, you're the the enemy of uh, our enemy, Britain, is our friend. And then we kind of like what you guys are. There's a really strange thing. If France's history goes a little bit different, we might have a special relationship with them. Uh, akin to what we have now with um, Great Britain, which is uh, what what a crazy thing that would be. But anyway, the storming of the Bastille, uh, now the palace is next. The palace is going to be in Versailles. So um, Lafayette tries to restore order as he is stuck between his leanings towards change, his desired hope for, again, I keep saying this, but it's important. He wants a constitutional monarchy. That means he wants the rights of man to be recognized. He wants them to have a say in the government, but we're not getting rid of the monarchy. Okay? That's important to remember here at home, right? Um, we're not getting rid of it. We're just improving it. Yeah, that's we're, right. We're going to fix Ruin it. New and that, That's what his whole thing was like. We can fix this Monarchy thing. Monarchy 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> New release. But he couldn't allow mob rule to overtake the current system that he's sworn to protect. So what's he going to say? Like, hey, you know what? You radicals, we, we want to get rid of this. But well, I did just swear an oath to the king and God that I was going to protect the king. So why don't you guys just come in here and just kill the king? You know, he can't do that either. He's a man of honor. He is trapped. All right? So France's Batman is stuck right now. He doesn't know what the hell he's going to do. After just barely, barely stopping a riot at the palace in Versailles and using his influence over the mob to stop attacks on the king and the queen, Marie Antoinette, he actually um, is a a symbol to the crowd. There's people in the crowd screaming as Marie Antoinette shows up on the balcony. There's people screaming, shoot her, shoot her. And my friend Lynn Coplitz always goes nuts about this because she saw the Marie Antoinette movie with... Kirsten Dunst, and she goes, They romanticized her. They wanted her dead. She was a bitch. <laughs>
2: but, um, yeah, she was not a popular queen by not, any stretch of well, the imagination. Well, she was
1: also an, a foreign and, broad.
2: And meanwhile, yeah, it, she was uh, Austrian. Austrian. And, and France is that uh, starts a war with Austria. And Marie Antoinette has Austrian uh, lineage, if you will. And the king is not a real popular guy as well. And, um again if you're starving to death and meanwhile the king is being or king and queen are being portrayed as spending all their money on all these lavish parties and everything else. That's it's that's not a good thing. Her good famous death.
1: quote too, Marie Antoinette's famous quote, then let them eat cake.
2: Yeah, the people are starving, so comes let, them from. Eat yes, cake. let them eat cake. And yeah. that
1: was <laughs> the the what I've read the most consistent take on that is it should it wasn't like a uh, she wasn't insulting them. She was actually just so clueless about how the other half lived. She goes, Why can't they eat cake then? If there's no there's no game food, there's no uh, potatoes. These people are dying. They have no. Oh, let's give them cake then. (laughs) That was her kind of a thing. So she was an airhead for the most part. (laughs) Um, But he winds up. Lafayette actually has to kiss her hand on the balcony in front of the rioting crowd, and then the crowd erupts into applause. Like all right, Lafayette still he's going to do the right thing here. You know what I mean? He's running the show. Lafayette's the guy that we're going to have in charge here. This national guard is very very important. Mm -hmm. But you're devolving into um, again. Lafayette's starting to realize, as all pragmatists do during riots, the change you want, every political movement, every social change movement ever in the history of humankind has always had people that are attempting to create it, that were there for good reason. They're there with uh, love in their hearts and the idea that change is something that's going to be good for everybody. And then there's the radicals that are sitting there and they're like, well, we don't have anything yet, but once we do, guess what we're going to do to get it? That kind of a thing. And they're starting to slip up here. And the radicals are coming in. The radicals around this time are going to be known as the Jacobins. And they play a crucial, crucial role in the fun, fun times that are to come in American – I'm sorry, in French history. They play themselves up as progressive idealists who are seeking reform and all the other great things that revolutionaries like to promise. But they're clearly very, very dangerous and capable of great violence. Lafayette likes combat, but he knows that a war between the crown and the commoners is not going to go down exactly how it did back in his adopted land across the Atlantic. This is going to get ugly real fast. You're going to have a lot of people die. Mm-hmm. And that's the last thing that you want. The French lack a Virginia I, – I was very proud of this little moment here, Dad. This little thing, the idea I came up with. Okay. Here's why France is fucked when they're having their revolution, Coons. Because France doesn't have – France has a national identity. They definitely have different um, uh, sections of the country and stuff like that, different styles wherever you go. Uh-huh. But the uh, <laughs> the United States is amazing. Because you got to have a, a, a Virginia to cool the fire of Massachusetts every now and then. We, oui, oui. But you got to have a Massachusetts that's sitting there like, what the, what are we doing here, guys? What are we doing, bro? <laughs> yeah, right. All right? Right. Someone
0: who's kind of holding them back. They're right, like, yo, right. you don't yeah. want me
1: to let this person go? Yeah, and Virginia's just
2: sitting <laughs> like, coat. are you kidding me right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be oh, the yeah. shit out of that guy. Yep. They
0: start to take the earrings off. Oh, yeah. Philly's <laughs> taking her <laughs> earrings out. Just like, what are you?
1: Taking the heels off in mm-hmm. case you got to run. Jersey just tucked their chain in. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to have Virginia. Guys, 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 listen. They're, they're just like us over there, man. So you don't have that in order to calm things down over here in France. So what you have is you have the Jacobins. And they, are, again, playing themselves up as progressive idealists. Um, they, they don't have uh, – there's a political club that – that's what the Jacobins are, by the way. is a political club, and they're extremely- yeah, they're
2: playing themselves up to the to the mob, if you will, to the commoners as oh, all these great things are going to. If you go with us, you know, the, all these great things are going to happen for you. But at the same time, it's a power struggle. I mean, they're 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 um, putting out all kinds of propaganda against the king and the queen, who are unpopular to begin with, and now they're just fanning that flame to uh, to get the. The mob rule to really uh, go they're nuts. using
1: some fake news in there they're yeah. using um now these are all uh learned folk too, by the way, the Jacobins are the um
0: oh, what was the term before it was fake news? We talked about this the the propaganda, the, not just propaganda, it was like a paper thing
1: oh yellow journalism yellow journalism yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. William Randolph Hearst, baby, yeah, um but again, these guys are playing themselves up. They are smart people, these are educated people that are you know creating this political club here. And they're the Jacobins, and uh, they're led up by a couple of guys. I'll I'll get into them here in a second. Personally, as an adult, I found researching the French Revolution to be the most fascinating thing I'd ever read in my life because I couldn't believe it happened. And I couldn't believe it happened so closely to the American Revolution and went so, so different. Um, But anyway, uh, so in order to counter that – so. Lafayette's going to form a crew known as the Society of 1789, all right? And they will engage in breakdance battles in subway stations all across. I'm kidding. It's not <laughs> real. Right.
0: Okay, you could have kept going with that. Night but, brought, <laughs>
1: that you made
0: eye contact, too. I was like, oh, I'm in this. Bastille Day
2: electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, shake it, don't break it. So uh,
1: Lafayette's uh, crew is the Society of 1789. And their job is to try and prevent a full-on Jacobin takeover because the Jacobins are good. Because that always seems to happen. They whoever's pissed off seems to lead the mob. You okay, know, when I'm, you say I'm not going to take it anymore, kind of a thing.
0: Yeah, when you say they're good, you mean like they're they're pretty damn smart, despite kind of being the bad
1: guys. Well, the Jacobins are very smart. They're all highly educated people. And um,
0: see, it's always the people with the higher education that is always oh yeah. the most dangerous. <laughs> Ted Kaczynski tried to warn
1: us. <laughs> um, But – so they're very smart. They're learned people. They're using um, the study of philosophy. They're pushing out these ideas and they're able to influence some opinions and stuff like that. Um, But the whole idea being that um, this Jacobin takeover could be very, very bad because um, they're realizing that this provisional government that's currently in place right now, it's not going to punish violent acts of its most radical sex against the monarchy. All right? And the key here is that they want to keep – the, the people who are coming in for change under the banner of progress, that's majority of the country. I would put it towards 70% of the country is on board with this. Mm-hmm. The Jacobins are like maybe 30% of, the, of of that movement. They're not even a majority within their own cause. and But they're pulling off some violent stuff here or words in, that they're putting out and newspaper articles that they're putting out are leading to violence. So now what they're realizing is that the entire – that 70% that's down for change, they're not punishing the bad 30%. Because they don't want a revolution within the revolution. They they want to have a unified front.
0: They need to learn that with great big word power comes great big Big word word responsibility. (laughs) You're right, man. If you're going to speak them big words, you better make sure people know what you're talking about. Yeah.
1: It's the truth now. But here's the other thing, too. They're not going to feel – it's kind of like when I would watch baseball and uh, the Red Sox um, threw at Mm A-Rod. And I was like, don't make me root for A-Rod now. I'm a Yankees fan, but don't make me root for him. And then you know it, it puts you in a weird spot. So to try and dump yeah, it down took
0: JLo away from us and then she went back to Affleck. So fuck him.
1: <laughs> it's a uh, as a
2: <laughs> boy we're a long way off from Lafayette though. Let's come, let's ring no, back. We're, we're, no, we're we're still good. in the ballpark, right, believe right, it or
0: all right. not. All right. So okay. wait, what does our boy actually think of this this uh these, the rise in the – how do you say it? The Jacobins?
1: The Jacobins, The yeah. Jacobins. So you got Jacobins. So here's what I'm going to do. To break it down, we're going to reestablish some terms here, Dad. We're not too, too far off, all right? I know right. one big booty Latina can disrupt a lot.
0: That's <laughs> right. I mean, um, it's it's <laughs> obvious,
1: yeah. <laughs> to try and dumb it down here, the growing tension is between the royalists, who want to keep the monarchy in power, yeah. and the Jacobins, who are looking for a complete overhaul. Right. Neither side is too pleased with Captain France himself, our boy, the Marquis de Lafayette. So when Lafayette takes on a new charge and title, by the way, they, they have this little ceremony for him and stuff like that. He swears public allegiance to the king at a very, very large public ceremony. At And this is kind of funny here. At a, I'm going to screw this up. If there's listeners from France, I don't think we have any listeners from France. We've got a bunch in Ireland now.
2: Well, like anybody that speaks French.
1: In the UK. <laughs> Let us know. As uh, as Dr. Tristan Vedrero told me, he goes, you need to watch more hockey. They'll teach you how to pronounce those French names. <laughs> and he's right. There you go. But the place is called Champ de Mars or Champ de Mar. I want to say. And that's actually – I didn't know this, but that's the park where they will eventually build the Eiffel Tower. Oh, wow. So it's giant public squares and they used to have like the king would come there. Sometimes visiting dignitaries would hold – Um, ceremonies there and stuff like that. So
0: important places.
1: Big, big, big place. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, huge. So
0: what was our boy? Was he just standing there talking to the king and he's got his fucking fingers crossed behind his back like he doesn't know?
1: No, uh, Lafayette is still swearing his allegiance because he swore this vow before God and before his country that he would be loyal to the king. And um, he's taking on this new charge. And and this is how crazy, this is when you want to talk about the politics thing where Mm -hmm. you just have one guy and both sides are coming after him. He has this big ceremony at the Champ de Mars, and uh, the royalists are sitting there like, "Can you believe Lafayette would expose the king like that to a potential assassination? Threat? Like, really risk? I mean, just a- absolutely makes no sense. There's no, there's no need for any of this. He's, he's playing just uh, like, loose." <laughs> who and
0: someone else is like, "Who, who said anything about assassination? They all <laughs> brought it up." <laughs> yeah.
1: And then the Jacobins are sitting there and they're like, "Oh, look, uh, see, yeah, Marquis de Lafayette, the guy who pretends he's with us. Yeah, he just swears allegiance to the king in front of everybody." So who's really on whose side? That kind of a thing. (laughs) So he's stuck between a literal uh, rock and a hard place. This leads us to February 28th, 1791. Lafayette will again find himself right in the center of a conflict. After two years of regular riots, France is now a bit of a shit show, but still technically a monarchy. The mob, when they came and took over the palace over at Versailles, Mm -hmm. they forced the royal family to move from the palace in Versailles to the uh, palace in um, Paris. The idea being that they could keep a better eye on them and that you know they're not going to escape in the middle of the night kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So you're still technically the royal um, family, but you are also kind of under house arrest. That's what's becoming apparent <laughs> right. here.
0: Oh, the house so arrest the, is a common theme here.
1: Yeah,
2: it sure is. The king is now wearing an ankle bracelet.
1: <laughs> well, uh, again, they have forced them to move into uh, uh, Paris here. And France is still accepting of his rule, but everyone's paying very close attention to what's happening next year. Lafayette takes his national guard because he has to go put down a riot in a nearby town of, I think, uh, Vincennes. So he goes over and uh, the paranoia – this is where the paranoia of, of two years of riots will just get everybody freaking out. Like, you know, when um, it, it was uh, – I'll say it's kind of like um, – History repeats itself. Oh, it always repeats itself for sure. It's come down to the point now where there's certain moments in uh, American history where like let's say we're waiting for um, an election – or a court hearing, or something like that. And there's literally people who are like, we better board up the windows right now. Uh, uh, how are we on ammo? Do we have ammo? Where are my guns at? So th- there's. I remember. Both sides are going crazy right now. This, <laughs> and this leads to something. You know it's going to be good when it's called the Day of Daggers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know it's going to be good. So
0: let me get my popcorn. <laughs> I'm ready.
1: <laughs> so this is where the paranormal, uh, paranoia, paranoia. Wow.
2: Paranoia strikes deep into your. Mind, it'll creep. Oof, this guy. (laughs) Well, the royalists,
1: they think that the Jacobins are going to murder the king while Lafayette is away. They're like, oh, this Vincennes riot, it might just be a distraction. Now Lafayette's away. Wait, the Jacobins think there's going to be- The royalists think. Oh, the royalists. The royalists are sitting there and they're like, oh my God, Lafayette's been called away. Maybe this is a fake riot that he's putting down. While the king is, uh, you know, the guard is is diminished, um, maybe the Jacobins are going to come in and kill everybody oh my God, the king's in trouble. We better get over there. So and this is how wild it gets. Um, the Jacobins think the royalists might be helping the king escape from Paris, possibly the country. So now the Jacobins are like, whoa, 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 all these royalists are heading over to the palace right now. They're probably going to try to get the king out of here. And that's our, that's our leverage to get change made is that we have the monarchy confined to one spot. So now the monarchy is going to – the royalists, I should say – Um, they're going to show up. There's three parties of paranoia. Paranoia. Why can't I say this? I don't know. Paranoia. Paranoia.
0: Paranoia because it's also paranormal.
1: Paranoia. 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 All right, we're back. Paranoia. (laughs) So now the guards are sitting there, the leftover uh, Lafayette men, they're sitting there and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why is everybody showing up here at the palace? This is not good. (laughs) So here's what winds up happening. And what becomes known as the day of daggers, uh total bloodshed. Oh yeah. Well, it's it's wild, man. The Royalists show up and they're all armed to the teeth. Okay. All these royalists people who are just like we gotta protect the king, blah, blah, whatever. They a all loyalist, have, royalists. Royalists, loyalists, pretty much. Okay. Right? So these are people in, in favor of keeping the king around. Um, they all have knives and swords and stuff like that, um, spears, anything like that. They all have this stuff on them. And they show up there, and now they're at odds with the guard. The guard's like, hey, hey, "Hey, there's one national guard in this town, and it's us. you're now you're about to be a problem mm-hmm. so lafayette yeah, the ju- militia
2: the militia shows up,
1: yeah, uh, it's uh no, no no buddy uh there ain't no uh ain't no time for any sort of a uh community guard here or uh neighborhood all right. watch, all right you carry on, we got this all right, and Lafayette just barely gets back in time to try to stop this. He's pleading with both sides. He's trying to tell his men, men, stand down here, but also keep your guns loaded and pointed at these guys because if these royalists decide to start pulling some shit, we're going to have to off some members of the monarchy. So um, anyway, bloodshed is only avoided because the king, King Louis, comes out and he goes, men, very, very grateful for what you're trying to do for me here. I assure you I'm okay. The last thing I want is any bloodshed on this day, especially Mm -hmm. on this ground. Lower your weapons. But
0: they're like, oh, we called it the day of daggers for nothing. <laughs>
1: right. Lower your can weapons. get dressed up for nothing. <laughs>
0: I just shined my pitchfork for this. <laughs> right.
1: If you guys all lower your weapons, I'll have them return to you the next day, but you got to leave. And finally, the royalists sit there. At the end of the day, they are still listening to the king. They lower their weapons and they move on, right? Uh, now, apparently, they're also mistreated and stuff like that. A lot of kicks in the ass from the uh, National Guard or maybe a little rigorous searching. And by the way, none of their weapons get returned to them. That's not done by Lafayette. Um, I guess some of his men, some of his captains go into business for themselves and they uh, they sell off the weapons to other people. Or maybe like, hey, let's go give this to the Jacobins because they didn't just give us a hard time today.
0: <laughs>
1: so it's a little bit of chaos over here. And that's those three parties worth of uh, um, paranoia. Hey, got it, folks. Um, but again, this is chaos here. The king, to his credit, is able to you know kind of – parlay the violence. And Lafayette seems to have yet again saved the day, except the Jacobins get to say, whoa, look, he just saved the king again uh, to the commoners. And the Royalists are pissed off. He goes, hey, this Lafayette guy, he just disarmed us. So once again, both sides hate the only good man. (laughs) I won't say the only good man, but the guy with the best interest at heart of his country, uh, Batman himself, Marquis de Lafayette. Just got framed uh, for murder. (laughs) He's pretty much at both sides are ready to kill him. So the royalist weapons are never returned to him like we said here. The guard, his own men, will actually disobey Lafayette shortly after this by not letting the king leave to go to mass. The uh, King Louis Catholic. So mm. – and now because they've refused that, it's become very clear to the king and the queen. We are just prisoners here in our own home and I don't know if this is going to end pretty good for us or not. So uh, once they realize their lives might be in jeopardy here as the Jacobins are continuing to, to build up power, this leads to an escaped attempt. Okay. There will be an escape uh, and it's successful at first. They're able to stow away in a carriage. They're on their way out. You got to get out of here. Now, remember, Marie Antoinette is Austrian. You get into Austria, she's royalty. Austria's going to take care of you. And the fleeing French king and their family might be able to, you know, someday come back into France or something. You don't know what you get, but you know, you got to get out of there because Paris is overrun with the Jacobins. That 30% that's taking over 70% of the cause mm-hmm. is centralizing its power in Paris and it's becoming more and more of a majority. Okay. So Lafayette's men, uh, Lafayette's, by the way, in charge of uh, watching out for the king at this point, point. Um, and people start to accuse him of being involved in the escape attempt.
0: The king that he just swore allegiance to,
1: right? Correct. They're trying to say that, so he's in charge of both his safety and his custody. So now they're trying to say, oh well, if he's able to escape, then what the hell's going on here? Um, did Lafayette allow this to happen? Kind of a thing, or because now Lafayette's men do capture the king and queen, they bring them back to the um, the palace in Paris. And the crowds are going nuts at, and they're booing them. They're throwing, you know, uh, uh, food and stuff like that. Um, they're calling for the heads of the royalty. They're even calling for Lafayette's head now. So it's like when Gotham turns on Batman. You know, it's an ugly thing.
0: It's rare, but it happens, and when mm-hmm. it does,
1: it ain't good. So I'm going to get a couple of names going in here, LP. You and me watched a documentary on this uh, a couple of years ago that really opened my eyes to the whole thing, and I just did some heavy duty reading after this, but. Um, Lafayette is uh, now getting uh, scapegoated in uh, all the local papers by big names from the Jacobins, such as uh, Georges Danton. uh, And Danton is – he really is a complicated guy. Depending on who you talk to, he's either a giant asshole or um, a kind and generous man who just wanted to help his country. But isn't that how all revolutionaries are remembered? Um, The other
2: guy is – Tune in next week with another episode of French Loser. Yeah. Well,
1: uh, Danton, he actually is only – Kind of well-remembered in history because of his unfortunate end. This next guy is largely just considered um, evil, Maximilian Robespierre. So Uh Robespierre is the mastermind of this whole French Revolution thing. The two of them are very educated progressives and they're calling out loud for the death of the monarchy and arguing publicly now that Lafayette is either a traitor for allowing the king to escape or an idiot because he allowed the king to escape. Either way, this revolution doesn't need him around anymore, so that's bad news. Yeah, uh, an exact quote from Danton: "France will be free without you, Lafayette." Either way, so pretty much saying, "Get the fuck out of our way." Dude. Yeah. Now, with the public support for Lafayette diminishing and the cries for the king's head growing louder and louder, um, again, I, I don't mean to keep making comic book references, but it's easier for me to explain stuff if I say,
0: "No, it's it's. I mean, those. St- if we're going to get into the comprehension of it, that's a whole other discussion. But like, it's easy to place those." archetypes in those stories because they've they are our current gospel like a lot of people Ooh, can,
1: did, look at this motherfucker <laughs> i wow.
0: mean it's true but like you look at those stories and you can apply what they've what's happened in them in any time period like stories got to come from somewhere so i mean we're relating it to comic books because it's just easy to comprehend for us right now so
1: yeah plus and, and uh, it makes the most sense and i think you'd like this too christopher nolan also mentions uh heavy influence of the french revolution in the dark knight rises I can see that. So where, where you're going to see this now is that uh, Batman is damned. He's the bad guy right now. And this, uh, the Jacobins are a little bit like Bane where they're like, oh, we're, we're giving – because remember there's that quote where he goes, I'm giving Gotham back to you.
0: Yeah, but you, you also destroyed the bridges at the same time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, – you're going to see some stuff going on here. Listen, the American Revolution and the French Revolution both were birthed from the same idea and the same philosophy. One of them ends in the creation of – one of the most prosperous nations and the great hope for change in the world uh, the, 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 what a lot of people would call that the last great hope of humankind. The other one leads to something called the reign of terror. So <laughs> there's a little – there's some problems in here.
2: Yeah. Um, quite get it right.
1: There's uh, – public support for Lafayette is absolutely diminished and Robespierre and uh, Danton are ushering the early stages of what will be known as the reign of terror. Cahoon's is my favorite part. Okay. Uh, there, there's a, a motif, if you will, we'll call it white girl, Instagram. You know what I mean? Classic white girl, Instagram, where yes, here's a post of me looking out at a mountain range or here's me making sunset. I'm so hands. Zen
0: right now. That's
1: a, yeah, just hashtag that, yoga. Yeah, it's a picture of a coffee. It says much needed. Well, what do the white I'm girls? i my
0: first podcast today.
1: <laughs> hey, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh. My favorite is there's always this – and it's happened with a couple of girls I'm either friends with or have dated or anything like that. But they're all drawn to Paris, all of them. They have this affinity for France, and they think it's so sophisticated and all this other stuff. And there's always a picture of them in front of the Eiffel Tower, usually them trying to like put their hand on the top of it or something. And guess where they're taking that picture from? Champ de Mars, where uh, Lafayette swore his allegiance to the king in front of everybody. And this is before the Eiffel Tower is built, mind you. So – uh oftentimes you'll see like a picture or something like that it's always somebody um uh yeah you know, posing in front of the eiffel tower paris is the city of love the city of light blah 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 uh and unfortunately this time at a protest at the champ de mars around this time frame here the radicals okay who are, or loosely radical not full on jacobins yet they're trying to get signatures together to abolish the monarchy if we can get enough signatures saying we want the monarchy out maybe we can push for something maybe they can abdicate the throne Maybe even Lafayette's idea of a constitutional monarchy can come into effect, however, um, they find two men hanging out at the Champ de Mars park over here uh, hiding uh, who are thought to be maybe saboteurs
0: okay I, I thought when you said hanging out, you had to be specific because this is the French Revolution, so I thought you meant hanging out or actually oh
1: give him a minute. <laughs> They're thought to be uh, saboteurs, spies, or even terrorists. Somebody thought they were maybe hiding explosives there to try to blow up a bunch of the radicals here.
0: Those damn scalari brothers. The
1: uh, the men are quickly hung without a trial, and their heads are placed on spikes in front of everyone to see. This will become a motif, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit creepy here. Now, a as, little. As the crowd just legit murdered two people, Lafayette and the National Guard. They have to come back down and restore order. They have to. All right. Two people just got murdered. There's no way the National Guard's not going in. This might be just what the mob wanted. An assassin will make an attempt to shoot Lafayette. So an assassination attempt is made on the head of the National Guard. Okay. The Marquis de Lafayette. But the pistol misfires. The guard will then fire. When I say the guard, I mean the collective National Guard will fire into the air in order to try to force the mob back the mob becomes more and more frantic though and stones and other things are being thrown at the troops the protest uh turned mob turns riot uh it's now violent and lafayette and his men are forced to shoot at the crowd now you want to talk about fake news you want to talk about yellow journalism you want to talk about embellishment lafayette and his men as well as sources close to him estimate that unfortunately uh upwards of 10 people were killed at champ de mars <laughs> okay um the jacket down the riot exactly the Jacobins run the story, and a guy by the name of Jean-Paul Marat, who actually has a disease where he has to live in a bathtub because um, he has like skin rot or something like that. Uh, I'm not making that up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, a, he's a weird guy. Um, he's a newspaper magnate of the revolution. He will write. He goes, I have it on good authority that over 400 bodies of men, women, and children were dumped into the river last night after Lafayette massacred them at the Champ de Mars. Oh, no. So the people are in a full-on riot now, okay? Uh, Martial law has been declared. The Jacobins have gone into hiding. Rioters will attack Lafayette's home and attempt to kill his wife. He is now public enemy number one amongst the people that used to hail him as a hero. Lafayette will resign from his post and return home to his home province away from Paris. Here, he will be given command of a military unit. But unfortunately, it's made up of mostly Jacobin supporters, and he is unable to perform any military – pretty much he can't put together a good unit because the Jacobins are all like, yeah, fuck you, (laughs) You that kind of a thing. You're not going to have a good unit. It's like having a a football team with a a coach that they don't respect. You can tell. The effort goes away. They're not very disciplined. They don't play well. They run it on fourth down with 14 seconds left right up the middle on a draw play with no timeouts left. Shit like that. Um, But – they're at war with Austria right now, and these undisciplined mm-hmm. soldiers are not giving them anything to work with. Lafayette goes, I know what I got to do. I still have – the people still know what I want. I have a good reputation here. Let me go to Paris and plead my case in front of everybody. Lafayette goes to Paris and makes a speech damning the influence of the Jacobins before the National Assembly. And the brain trust of the revolution, those uh, eggheads with bloody hands, the likes of Marat, Danton, and Robespierre, um, they quickly call Lafayette a traitor. And the mobs start burning him in effigy. So Lafayette goes, let me just go in here. Let me try to smooth this over, you guys. And he walks in and literally goes into a room to say, these Jacobins are a bunch of assholes. But he's saying it to a room full of Jacobins. Jacobins, They've gotten too much power now. And Lafayette goes, let me have a meeting. Let me get together everybody who's still on my side for this thing. And very, very low attendance shows up. And Lafayette goes, all right, so I got to get out of Paris. Um, And he bails as quickly as he can. Paris has fallen. And soon with it will the monarchy. Robespierre, in the reign of terror... Bring about the regular use of the National Razor. You want to guess what the National Razor is, Cahoons?
0: Oh, it's the good old
2: guillotine. (laughs) Give him the axe. Give him the axe.
1: They will behead the king. They will behead Marie Antoinette. They will behead the supporters of the monarchy. And eventually, absolutely anyone who doesn't agree with them on almost any issue whatsoever. So even when they first get the monarchy completely removed and the Jacobins are in power. Now, remember that 30% I said Mm -hmm. that they had the influence over? Well, now the 40%. It's like, all right, cool. So now we can start to do this. Maybe we'll have this guy. And then the 30% goes, yeah, I don't like that either. And they start giving them the national razor. See, so-
0: it's also if you want to <laughs> bring it to modern times, the how hair trigger it is, because I actually know this. It's like it's like talking about your favorite Netflix shows that's like pop like super popular right now. Like I could be like, oh, I love Netflix and I'm the one in power. I love Stranger Things. It's so good. And then you're like, it's all right. That's enough for you to go to the National Racer. That's it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> power corrupts, and absolute power absolutely corrupts. It's uh, wow! It's a perfect thing Quote for the
0: episode. Oh,
2: he, he! I grew up
1: on that one with him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this reign of terror is absolutely underway. Again, the king's dead; the queen is dead. Um, and this mob—they're really great, though. They—they they make sure to make sure that the kids can watch the, um, the the deaths going on. They brainwash the kids to think that they're not actually uh, descendants of the royalty. You know, it's just some ugly shit.
2: And we're also up. at war with Austria at this point. France is at war with Austria because Austria invades uh, France. So we got that little uh, caveat in the background, too, overriding all of this.
1: Very much so, which is why Lafayette realizes Paris has fallen. He's got to make his way out towards Austria because it was okay. If, if people were trying to escape, France is almost like uh, uh, there's human rights violations going on here. So now people are trying to get the hell out of France. And Austria's like, well, listen, that's okay as long as you're not holding arms against us. But Lafayette's actually able to get over the border into Austria and once again, stuck in the middle here. Stuck Lafayette.
0: in the middle with you. Sorry. Well, because
1: they capture him and he goes, guys, I got to get the hell out of France. They're trying to kill me over there. And they say, hey, hang hang on. Aren't you that American hero, uh, French hero? Why would we let a French general come hang out in Austria? There's a little suspicious while we're at war with you. And now Lafayette, uh, once the king of – I'm um, sorry. Once the, the the hero, if you will, of two nations is now imprisoned, Okay. okay. Lafayette is seeing his family in prison in France. His name is destroyed. He's being burned in effigy by mobs that once hailed him as a hero. The monarchy he swore to protect has been executed in public as their heads rolled down a hill. But the Austrians that just captured him think that he's one of those damn revolutionaries, so they throw him in jail. The show's called uh, American Loser, Dad. We really haven't talked about America in a hot second, really? we?
0: We've been across the pond for a
2: minute.
1: Well, there's stuff going on on uh, the U.S. side over here, too. The U.S. is doing what they can to get their old pal the Marquis de Lafayette out but it's not looking so good.
2: Yeah, because when the Austrians uh lock Lafayette up, I mean, uh, th- he's a prisoner now of the Austrians. Um he decla- he reminds them, "Hey, I'm an American citizen. I have American citizenship. So, you guys really can't hold me because you know, he he's trying to work that angle to gain his freedom from the Austrians. Um but they're not having it. They're not buying that. But there are a lot of Americans that are trying to help him out, um, to come out of, uh, you know, the, the, the captivity of the, of the Austrians, uh, our own, uh, president at the time, Mr. Madison is, uh, doing what he can along with Madison's wife and, uh, uh, that kind of thing. But meanwhile, Lafayette's wife is still back in France and she convinces, and he, she's like under uh, another one that's like kind of under house arrest. But to show you what kind of a person she was too, she um, she asks to go to um, Austria or under the Austrian influence to be with her husband. And her husband is not in any palace or anything like that. He's in prison in, in horrendous conditions and she steps up and wants to be with him along with the daughter and i believe they ship the sun the sun they smuggled to america yeah the sun and who who is who is george washington lafayette uh is smuggled off to america for the safety of america who's taking care of him while uh while daddy's in prison and mom's in, in under lock and key
1: teddy mother <laughs>
2: <laughs> not quite but george washington george washington is kind of like the the foster father of uh, George Washington, like In day. West
0: France, born and raised. <laughs>
2: think... Yeah. <laughs>
1: the,
0: the revolution is where I spent most of my day. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: can't help He's about to finish the song. No, <laughs> already, <we're> not. <laughs> I'm done.
0: I'm forcing the end here.
1: Well, the US is, they're, they're doing what they can for our boy. G-Dubs is the president. And while James Monroe, future president, is the current minister to France, and Tommy Jefferson are able to figure out a way like, oh, hey, we actually owe the Marquis some money for his efforts during the American Revolution. So we're actually going to pay him. That. And because we held back on the money, we're actually going to give him some interest on that. So he's got money coming in that's allowing him to get some privileges in prison, but it's still not a great look here. <laughs> yeah. uh, through the back channels, like we said, his son is smuggled to America, and his wife and two daughters actually are going to be able to live in confinement with Lafayette. The Marquis had attempted to escape from prison earlier that year, uh, and due to that attempt, was no longer really being treated with um, the white glove prisoner treatment. He's in full <laughs> yeah. on prison here. So imagine you're getting – you got dire straits here. You're in prison in another country. Uh, You don't know what's going on with your family. And then the prisoners – the guards open up the door and in walks your wife and your two daughters.
0: To stay with you.
1: To stay with you. Right. And it is – it's a beautiful picture, a painting that someone did of that. And it's um, a credit to their family and the devotion that uh, Lafayette and his wife had for one another because they make it work for about two years in prison. They're just happy to be with each other. So it's pretty cool. Um, The family remains in prison with their father until his eventual release a few years later, where they will be given uh, over to the American consul in Hamburg. George Washington, the son, will rejoin the family there soon after. Lafayette will write a thank you letter. Kahuna, this is one of those chaotic moments. Um... I don't know. If I, like you're, you, you know enough about American history and you knew stuff coming in here too. But then after
2: three years of listening to us rant, I think we've we, – Yeah. You know,
0: stuff is stuck.
2: You're dangerous yeah, right. over at a trivia
1: night. You know what I mean?
2: Throw enough shit at the wall. Eventually something will stick.
1: Oh, yeah. But uh, Lafayette will write a thank you letter to the man who had assisted in his release and was now ending the reign of terror over in uh, France. See, uh, uh, Danton had been killed. He was actually labeled as a, a traitor to the cause. And so they gave him the national razor. To, wait. Danton. So, he was the guy who said that uh, we don't need Lafayette and he's leading this – he's one of the Jacobins. Yeah.
0: The, ja- oh, so the Jacobins, Jacobins turn on him?
1: Turn on him.
2: Yeah, the Jacobins why? turn on the Jacobins at this point.
1: Well, he's – um. It, without getting bogged down in too much detail with him, his final words are Robespierre will follow me next, damn you all kind of a thing. So, that's why he's remembered a little bit more fondly than Robespierre. Rose Pierre. Then. Death
0: is but a, death is but a, ton, th- time is but a window. I'll be
1: back. <laughs> Real Vigo,
0: the Carpathian vibes here. I'm digging it.
1: Uh, fire walk with me. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, uh, Danton, he is now killed, right? So that's a guy that was responsible for the bad mouthing of uh, Lafayette. Murat has been killed in a bathtub. Okay. The bathtub he has to stay in because of his weird uh, skin condition. Uh, people come in and just murder him in his bathtub. Um, and then Robespierre, the guy who's really the, the egghead intellectual, this, he's really an evil human being. France denies him in history on the – they don't deny him, but they don't celebrate him at all. Like right. He's truly a villain. Um, they deny him? He's, um, he's not celebrated whatsoever.
0: I don't think he would be celebrated, but like is it like we don't talk about this guy? Like do they just not discuss I, him?
1: I think there's one street corner that's named after him, yeah. and that's about it. He, he, whose name should not be mentioned, and at one time he was—he's
0: <laughs> Voldemort. He
1: was pretty much running the country. <laughs> that's at one it. Point. That's so, basically it. So, uh, oh wow. Anyway, but the the way that Robespierre winds up uh, getting outed here is that he goes, uh, goes, yeah, I have. A, they're trying to say that, hey, man, uh, Robespierre doesn't really know what he's doing. He's kind of actually more dangerous to the cause than anything else. He keeps having all of his allies killed, and then uh, Robespierre uh, goes before a, a group and he goes, um, "Actually, I have a new name of the real people that are the problem with the revolution, and I'll reveal that name tomorrow." And they say, historians, a lot of them say, he had no clue who he was going to name in the list. He was just trying to buy himself time to try to get out of France. Um, And then everybody was so freaked out because it was almost like McCarthyism, where they're like, is he going to name me next? I mean, this guy just makes shit up as he goes here. Right. And everybody was so nervous that they were going to be the next person to be named that they have another meeting like, hey, we should kill Robespierre. And uh, Robespierre winds up facing the very national razor that he sent the monarchy to, his friends to, people that he knew. So his head winds up falling down a dirt hill uh, in public eye. And wow. uh, I like to think of that George Carlin bit where it should fall into one of uh, you know several numbered holes that you could bet on from home. Right. <laughs> a little ski ball. <laughs> so, but the, the reign of terror is coming to an end. And this young military general who's been putting down a lot of the uh, uh, the issues over here, he's given a, a sense of national pride back to France. He's winning some battles. He's organizing things. He's a political machine. And uh, Lafayette writes him a thank you letter for his parts and helping with his release. Uh, and he goes, uh, you know, signed Marquis de Lafayette. Um, to Napoleon Bonaparte. Oh, no. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, no.
1: Now, because the current French government, although it had been restored to order, was seized through violence and not uh, not seized constitutionally, uh, Lafayette actually declines their invitation to swear loyalty to it. The The French government is now known as the uh, directoriette, I believe, uh, which is the French government. And they said, uh, oh, so we're just going to release you from prison and then you're not going to swear allegiance to so it. Fine fine. That's fine. That's fine. We're it's okay.
0: Ang- We're not angry. We're disappointed. Uh,
1: yeah. and uh, <laughs> You know what their response is? They sell off all of his family's estates. So once amongst the richest men in France, Lafayette is now a pauper. He's poor. He's got nothing. How do uh,
0: they sell off his own estate hey, if he owns it?
1: Government comes in and takes it over. Oh, domain
0: up in this motherfucker. Uh, well, it is
1: uh, kinda, even yeah. worse. It's just uh, it, it's total unbridled, unchecked power. And they come and they sell everything of his off. And so imagine now uh Gotham claiming uh you know Wayne Manor and selling everything off. Okay. I can see it. So it's pretty rough over here. And uh once again he's at odds with the French government. The tensions with Napoleon were light though compared to his beef with the Jacobins. But the following years we'll see the US engage with a loserception. You owe money, okay. So the United States owes money to France. You know what the best way to not pay that is? Go to war with him. Quasi war, loserception. <laughs> so now Napoleon's France um, and Lafayette—they they cannot, uh, because of this war, um, Lafayette can't escape to the U.S. like he'd hoped. The U.S. is still saying, "Like, dude, we love you. Come hang out, man. We miss you. You don't need money over here. You're a hero."
0: Dude, come down to the shore, dude. It's right. great. Oh, so, uh, my down cousin,
1: shore house. my cousin Shorehouse is fucking sick, dude. <laughs> so um, he's trapped in a country that is refusing him citizenship, and he can't get over to the country that he's a hero in. So he's legitimately now a man without a country. So even though they're at war with um, France with the quasi war, the U.S. and France still kind of like each other a little bit. Like, for instance, Napoleon holds a major funeral honor memorial for the death of George Washington. OK, the, the, the world is mourning that one. Even you, people in Britain were like, he's pretty cool, I guess.
0: You got to you got to realize that, like with Napoleon, it's like there's only a specific point where it starts to go on a downward spiral. <laughs> there's a lot of good before the weirdness.
1: He's um yeah a- again it's always about um uh the winners write the history books. So if Napoleon had pulled something off at Waterloo? <laughs> oh no. Yeah. That's that's some of the scariest <sighs> stuff around. Um what's the Imagine the
0: the theory of alternate dimensions is true where there is a reality where that did succeed. How crazy things would be different.
1: I don't want to the hell's the name of that family. There's that one rich Adam British family? family. No, there's a very rich <laughs> British family. Um oh my god I can't believe I'm blanking it. I'll think of it later, but there's an inc- there's an incident at the Battle of Waterloo where um you see the greatest power grab for money in the history of humankind and we're still <laughs> suffering from it. Oh um, god. I'll think of it on the way out, but uh so Thomas Jefferson actually uh is able to you know they wind up we know what's going to happen here. Napoleon sells us the Louisiana purchase, right? Yeah. So Tommy Jefferson, put, you know, puts it together. He gets it all hooked up. By the, way, the more I read about Jefferson, the more I like about him. Man, he really uh, he understood. He goes, "Listen, I'm a hypocrite for what I believe here right now. So um, we need to expand our country, uh, and we have to put down. We're, it's, we're about liberty for everybody, except for the people that aren't going to let us build this place. It's liberty for everybody. So he's he's got some. Comp- <laughs> especially yeah. the Native American. He at least is is culpable in what he says here. He admits that. So
2: um, yeah, but Thomas Jefferson makes a deal with. Uh, Napoleon. With Napoleon, and Napoleon's strapped for cash, plus he's, he's fighting a war and he doesn't want to take it to a world war, which would be, you know, once again, he's on, on the North American continent. So he agrees to uh, sell the Louisiana Territory, which is a huge swath of land, all of a sudden overnight now with the Louisiana Purchase, America doubles its size, um, and that's through Thomas Jefferson and, and Napoleon. And... uh Actually, uh, Lafayette is asked to become the governor of the new Louisiana Territory. Well, why, you got a lot TV, of French uh, right.
1: stuff going on down there. you know. Why not put a Frenchman in charge? Right.
2: And he's still oh, thought so. of highly in, in the United States. Lafayette is still thought of highly in the United States. So, I mean, why not? It'd be a great, so yeah, a is great this, deal.
0: So, is this the beginning of a lot of the, the French influence in Louisiana? Like they were already the, no, there. No, they were already oh, there. Oh, it was already there. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: So, um, without a... Uh, say anything too crazy um it was a rothschilds by the way i, I just googled it oh yeah so the move at waterloo before napoleon's defeated is that uh rothschild is able to send word that napoleon had been defeated and so um uh he gets word back to london and then all the bankers pull all their money out that napoleon i'm sorry that napoleon had won so napoleon loses the battle of waterloo but Rothschild sends word back to say, hey, tell everybody that uh, Napoleon beat us out here and uh, he's coming for uh, all – so then everybody pulls their money out of the banking system. And then the Rothschild family is unable to pretty much buy up the entire economy uh, for pennies on the dollar because of bad information. Yeah. So a little, little chaos over there. But uh, anyway, um, now Lafayette declines this uh, invitation to be the governor over here but writes many letters to his American friends and his reputation in America remains very positive while his name in France starts to get restored over here. Um, Little personal tragedy for him here. His wife will sadly pass away, uh, and I believe her her final words to him, uh, "I am all yours," because they were absolutely. I mean, keep in mind these people were they were married when they were fourteen and twelve. Right, they were in love, man. Um, that's like high school sweetheart shit, but like junior high school sweetheart shit. She <laughs> yeah. showed
0: up to prison,
1: right, mm-hmm. to, to be, be with, with him. him. Yeah.
0: And I was clowning these guys in the last episode. Now I feel bad.
1: No, she is, she is, to use the term, ride or die. She's ride or die. Oh, without a doubt, man. That's, you got to get somebody, get somebody who looks at you. <laughs> uh, but um, his wife does sadly pass away and Lafayette will spend most of his days at a uh, property known as Lagrange. Grange, all right, where he will uh, spend his day jamming out to ZZ Top and being visited by American dignitaries. So uh, – and it's cool. A lot of the big names for America, when they go to – part of going to France is we're going to uh, get some good French bread. All right. We're going to hang out, maybe see the sights. And you got to have dinner with the Marquis de Lafayette, man. You got to. But uh, shortly thereafter, Napoleon will abdicate his throne after his defeat at Waterloo. And while his brother winds up living in New Jersey – not kidding. Napoleon's brother winds up being relocated to New Jersey. There you go. 100% true. Where? Uh, I want to say it was West Jersey, like Germantown or something like that they sent (laughs) him to. But um, it's pretty funny. It's 100% true story. Uh, My buddy Nick Bueller actually mentioned that to me. Um, But uh, it's pretty nuts, man. Uh, You can't bring – even though Marquis de Lafayette is able to arrange for Napoleon himself to come relocate to America, potentially to wind up in Jersey as well, um, Great Britain is saying – not a fucking chance. <laughs> are we <laughs> allowing this guy that we just spent the last you know thirty years dealing with to go live in the country we've been dealing with for fifty years? All right. So no, 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 no. We're not letting you guys all hang out and have a powwow together on the other side of the Atlantic where we can't keep eyes on you. So Napoleon will wind mind spending his final days over at uh, Saint Helena's instead. Um, but America's getting up there in age now, Cahoun's. Uh, it's about to turn the big five zero. You know, and fifty. That's a that's an important age for you know people start thinking about well what's our legacy. What were we all about? What are we all about now? Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, America goes, you know what would be a great 50th birthday present? If we could get Marquis de Lafayette back over here just for one last party, man. So uh, they want – to see at this point. Well, they uh, – I'll, I'll actually check. But um, they want to see their badass French-born war hero return for one last big party.
0: What
1: is he in his 40s? He's old uh, man. He's up. Uh, he, he actually lives a relatively ripe old age. He dies at 76. Yeah, he's, wow. He's in his 60s mm-hmm. at this point. So – He's he's definitely an old man. Uh his wife, like we said, has sadly passed. And uh that has a big effect on him too. He spent a lot of time alone. You know, he does have the the visitors coming through and he's still involved in French politics. And
0: where is he though? Like stay like where is he staying right now?
1: Lagrange. Okay. Yeah. So he's um he's still in France. He's still working uh, towards the cause of liberty and stuff like that. But um he's gonna come back over to uh Estados Unidos for one last good uh uh for you know a good party here. And I thought this was quite telling. Now, this – people always forget this too. This is why the French Revolution is not as impressive. Actually, it's more of a horror story. It is the nightmare uh, demonic version of the American Revolution because the American Revolution had some weird stuff going on. We've had good presidents, bad presidents. We've had moments in history that are good and bad. Um, But when the French Revolution ends in uh, a reign of terror, uh, an emperor who almost takes over the world and then a bourbon restoration. Bourbon restoration meaning that the, 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 the king is back in power again. But you're gonna have a little bit of a constitutional monarchy now. So Lafayette's actually kind of getting what he wants, but it took a long time and a lot of bloodshed. Um, this king doesn't really like the idea that Lafayette's gonna be leaving as a hero from France to go over to America and be held as another hero, because that might, you know, usurp his power because it's a very weak monarchy right now. Yeah. And uh crowds are kind of trying to assemble down at the docks to see the Marquis off. Because if you can get Marquis de Lafayette to wave to you, man, I mean, that's like the equivalent of seeing I don't know if you saw that video, The Rock pulled up alongside of a Hollywood um, uh, uh, tour tour bus yeah. and just waved to everybody and they just went fucking nuts. Yeah. That's the level of popularity Marquis de Lafayette has. And when he is trying even to leave- Even at his old age. Oh, even more so now because he's becoming more and more celebrated. It's distinguished. Oh, totally. That guy's a living legend. You, Holy crap, I got to see him. I've been hearing about him for years kind of a thing. But the king will not allow crowds to meet there and forces the military to disperse the crowd because they don't want to have him heralded away in a, in such a- Man here but our boy's coming home dad what's going to happen he gets he gets back across he's almost into um he's almost back on uh uh, american soil here and what happens to him
2: Uh, no. no it's good no i mean he's he's invited uh lafayette is invited by uh monroe to come back to the united states i mean again you're right kevin uh the united states is getting up in age and they're now like 50 years old and um, there's kind of this idea that we need somebody to instill the, the spirit of 76 in the next generation of, of Americans that people are forgetting. It was 50 years ago. So, I mean, maybe my grandfather fought in that war or something along those lines. But, um, you know, and the United States are certainly having their own difficulties. But... Um, he's invited back um he's the last surviving major general from the American Revolutionary War you got to remember he was 19 years old when he came over from France to the United States
0: and now he's in his 70s and
2: so now well he's in his 60s. late late 60s he's in his late 60s so and in late 60s at that time frame you know in those in those days if you will you're you're definitely getting up there um but uh, he's invited back. He he does come over. He, he his first stop is going to be New York. He is like the rock star, unparalleled.
1: Well, hang on. Didn't you tell him that he gets intercepted? Oh yeah.
2: He he first. <laughs> this is ar- kind of worth noting because I, I yeah. said
1: Kona thought something bad happened. It's actually pretty cool.
2: No, it's uh, he first arrives um, in New York, and there's a a waypoint that later becomes kind of a, an an induction sir um, point, but. Uh, while he's being ferried into from the ship into new york city thinking company he's coming into manhattan for for a big celebration <laughs> he's intercepted by one of the mayor or some one, some politico and said hey, "excuse me but could you just go back on board for just one more day and come in tomorrow <laughs> rather than today. Cause today's Sunday and we really won't be able to give you the big, the big welcome, the, you the big welcoming that you deserve. So come, come back tomorrow. We're going to have a really kick ass party. And they do, they do just that. And he comes in and there's a parade. They say that like one third of New York city turns out in this welcoming parade up, up New York. And that was really the first, um, uh, Parade of Heroes or, you know, that uh, nowadays we might call, them. Well, nowadays we don't even have a ticker tape anymore, but what would become the ticker tape parade down in the, the Canyon of Heroes, of heroes in, in, uh, in Manhattan. Lafayette is really the first guy to ever have that uh, done to them. But he then makes a tour of the United States, which is 24 states at this particular point. So we went from the 13 original colonies to now 24 states, and he is the rock star. He is the hero um, everywhere he goes. He goes up to Massachusetts. Um, he's involved with um, um, a ceremony where they're raising this big uh, big uh, tribute to the Battle of Bunker Hill. Uh, I'll have a little something on that on the closeout. but uh, oh, yeah. He's going... All around the United States, he goes down Look to Philadelphia. Of those pictures, man,
1: this is nuts. Look at this; this is a party right here. Yeah,
2: they're 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 just going crazy. Um, no matter where he goes, and initially they thought, you know, he's only going to be here for about a couple of months, maybe just make a whirlwind tour kind of a thing. But it turns out that he was there for over a year's time, but and again, traveling to every one of the states. So he he made a visitation when he gets down to Philadelphia. Which was the cradle of the of the revolution, right? That's yeah. where um, what we now call Independence Hall. Well, that was the uh, um, Pennsylvania uh, State House back in the day. That it's kind of gotten dilapidated and and fallen into disrepair. Well, they re- refurbished that whole thing, and he gives this big speech. In the very hall where they signed the Declaration of Independence. I mean, it, this it is... a big deal. <laughs> I mean, this is a uh, you know, stand-up. Um, returning champion. Well, yeah. And we're absolutely returning champion. Rocky theme is playing in the background for Philadelphia and uh, the, whole, <laughs> the whole nine. Um, but again, he goes all around the United States with this whole thing. And tribute after tribute, um, parade after parade. I think they have a hundred-gun salute as he's coming into town. Uh, a lot of the... Uh, um, veterans are coming out and lining the streets. They had to build all kinds of um, bleacher seats, if you will, along the parade route just to hold the people, um, to give them a place to stand so they could actually get a glimpse of this guy as he's going by. Um, he is absolutely celebrated beyond any. Any idea of what the celebration would be in the past? Uh, I want to know what the uh,
1: Yankee bleacher creatures would try to have a cheer for him. Would they go with Lafayette or would they go Marquis? Marquis, Marquis. <laughs> Not man.
0: You go Grand Marquis. Yeah,
1: then, there you go.
0: Because that's how we remember him now. He's named after a,
1: He really he named is. a
0: car after him.
1: A... It's true. Also Fayetteville, North Carolina is named after him. I believe that's done within his own lifetime too. So he goes, uh, wow, in France they've, uh, um, they've burned me in effigy. Um, they've uh, sold off all my estates. They've, uh, let me rot in a prison. They've damned me in public. Uh, they just named a town after me in America. And every time I come here, it's a wild party and everybody loves me. So I think he had some, he really had a soft spot for America in his heart, man.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and again, wherever he went, he was, um, just, venerated that, uh, he traveled more than 6,000 miles. I mean, by today's standard that doesn't sound like much but back then you you're going down a dirt road for 6000 miles that's uh, that's saying something and uh, um when he gets to Yorktown there's a very touching moment um when he um embraces a a free man of color who, who adopted uh, Lafayette's last name to honor the marquis uh and he was actually the first US double agent um as a slave uh, James Armistead Lafayette was sent into Yorktown to spy on the British, but he was a double agent kind of a thing yeah so and he wasn't recognized until much later, but when he gets to Yorktown, this guy happens to be there, and um, Lafayette gives him a big hug, a big embrace, and everything else and uh, um, you know that story is is reported throughout all the papers um, various towns continue to honor um lafayette with their own particular version of lafayette day so he is uh he is the rock star beyond compare and what was what i thought was interesting too i mean monroe asks him to come over in 1824 and that is a very um contentious presidential election year too um so you got the uh you got Andy Jackson, and you got a, a, a bunch of people that are now running for office. And it was really kind of the the end of the Federalist Party, um, and now it's one party putting up two different um, political candidates. And you know, politically. <laughs> Things were a real shit show. It's kind of like the original hold your nose and pull the yeah. pull the election lever as to who you're going to vote. Let's not
1: burn for. a topic here for down the road. <laughs> yeah, uh, all right. we like a, we like but, a bad uh, election every now and then. On yeah, the show. it was uh, it
2: was it was quite the celebration. Over as I say, over a year. I think it was maybe 16 months that uh, he was in here, and everywhere he went, he was the he was the absolute rock star.
1: Well, while he's here, he's going to dine with John Adams. He's going to see his old pal Tommy Jefferson. Gonna hang with James Madison, the guy who helped um, you know, a, a another future president. i not maybe he was no, I can't recall. My timeline gets screwed up with the uh, early president sometimes, but he will go see. What's he have to do? He's gonna spend some time down at uh um Monticello, obviously hanging out with uh Tiege, TJ. Right? but uh where's he gonna go? Where's where's Washington at this point, Dad?
2: Uh well, Washington is in the ground at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, by eighteen twenty-four, G. Dubs is dead. G. Dubs is dead, but um, Lafayette
1: has not seen his boy, so he uh, he goes and pays his respects at the grave. That's pretty cool. He traveled all the way across the the known world at that time to uh, make sure that while he was there, hey, they're throwing parties for me every other night, but I gotta go see George one last time, say goodbye.
2: Mount Vernon. Did
0: they? Uh, did he? I'm trying to phrase it right. How long was he in prison? Like was he – well, Lafayette. Like did George pass away during his time in prison or just over the passage of time?
1: It would have been – so he was out of prison because the way that I read it on the timeline was that Napoleon was in power um, and that's why he held the uh, memorial service mm. in honor of George Washington. And they actually thought that Marquis de Lafayette would be chosen to speak at that, but he was not even invited. So it was like, hey, we know he was your boy and you were very close to him, but – we're not going to let you um, – you're still – like, we, we don't hate you anymore, but we're – we still can't trust – water. Yeah. You, you're too – He's too politically um, viable uh, to have him show up and get – you know, people start remembering the old song, if you will. Like, man, I forget how cool Lafayette was. It, maybe we do need Batman again kind of a thing.
2: Yeah. So – But But, uh, while he's, while Lafayette is in prison, George Washington is still alive because he sent his son, George Washington, Lafayette- To go live with George Washington. To go live with George Washington. So, um, you know, he's very, George Washington is definitely getting on in age, but at the same time, he's still alive. And and he's, you know, sends his own kid to be with him in Mount Vernon. But when um, Lafayette is touring- the United States in 1824, he stops at, at Mount Vernon. And they say that when he left the party that he was with, um, at Mount Vernon, he goes off to, uh, Washington's gravesite and comes back, you know, teary eyed that he was, he was very much attached, uh, emotionally with, uh, with George Washington. He was his mentor for crying Island, his foster father, if you will. Uh,
1: it's a tough one, man. But again, he's, uh, in France, he's controversial. In America, he's damn near a god. So he will return to France in 1830. And guess what, Kahuna? There's political turmoil in France.
0: <laughs> Again?
1: Yeah. An attempt is being made to restore absolute monarchy by Charles X, Charles X, as he's known, okay? Um, now, Charles X is trying to say, hey, you know, that little constitutional monarchy thing, you guys are settling on, we're trying to get back to normal. No, no, we're going to go all the way back to pre french revolution where i rule by the rule of god and i am the gods i'm god's divine vessel on earth and uh you guys are going to listen to me the only guy who can talk to me is the pope right um but uh anyway when they start realizing this attempt here in order to stop this who do you think the people of france name as their champion they even give him his old title back as the head of the national guard he's in his 70s now at this point
0: no way
1: they they call on marquis de lafayette batman one more time
0: they, they- Turn the bat signal. They put the Marquis de Lafayette light up
1: on the rooftop. Commissioner LeGordon is there. (laughs) (laughs) The Gordon Blue.
0: (laughs) Why'd Uh, you steal my corny? uh, Oh my God. uh, You're you're supposed to be the professional comedian here. uh, I'm supposed
1: to be the one making crap jokes like that. Agree to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) So in order to restore the absolute monarchy that they're attempting to do here, the Marquis de Lafayette is back in action and he rides off like his old mentor slash BFF George Washington. Uh, And he, this is kind of a pretty great thing. As soon as that effort to restore absolute monarchy is put down, Marquis de Lafayette is now in charge. He's running the show again. If he wants, he's head of the national guard. He could be like a, um, uh, a Roman, you know, uh, legion general if you will that could just sit there and say hey i got all the pieces over here guys i don't know if you, you keep telling me that you're the senate you keep saying you're caesar but i'm the one with all the the spears and you know uh swords. i got all the
0: weaponry over here yeah, yeah
1: so i think i'm calling the shots right now i could come in there and be the military general but what does he do just like george washington before him when they offered him to be the king of america george washington goes nah that's not a good idea guys and marquis de lafayette will um, resign from him his position of power once again and uh he, The threat has been settled. I am no longer needed. He disappears like the noble warrior that he is. In 1834, at age 76, the Marquis de Lafayette passes away. He is buried in Paris next to his beloved wife. Now, his son, George Washington, Lafayette, is going to come by and and do something. There's a little special thing that they did because this is an American hero born of France, buried in France, buried next to his wife. He was devoted to his entire life, but there's got to be a little something we can do here for him to make sure everybody knows. What does his son do for him,
2: Dad? His son uh, makes sure that there there's dirt that's sprinkled over his father's grave that came from the Battle of Bunker Hill, which was really the first uh. first real battle of the American Revolution. I mean, Lexington Concord was the shot heard around the world, but the first real battle where they were facing British troops coming up, watching up Bunker Hill or Breeds Hill. So his, his son uh, has uh, dirt taken from Bunker Hill and sprinkled over um, over his grave. And... Going back to episode one with Lafayette, um, we were talking about his uh, uh, Freemason um, connection. yes. Yeah, well, remember when he first arrived in America in 1824, when he was touring America, um, he went into New York and then went up into New England and visited all the states. Well, one of the stop-off points was definitely Boston. And um, with his arrival, in 1824 is when they laid the cornerstone for this huge 300 foot tall monument to the Battle of of Bunker Hill Um, that had heavy uh, Freemason influence for that monument to be erected. And they say that Lafayette was the guy that laid the cornerstone to that monument. And he was in a Freemason apron at the time when that ceremony was performed. Conspiracy. So, yeah, no, it's not so much conspiracy, but again, it's, it's, you can see that, um, how many of our, uh, founding fathers were, or, or Freemasons and the importance of that to them and, uh, you know, the importance of that to Lafayette, that his son made certain that, um, you know, his gravesite was going to have, uh, dirt or soil from the, from that battle site. You sprinkled know, on his grave. So he is a citizen of the world, but definitely a citizen of France and a citizen of the United States. That's
0: all kinds of wonderful. Like for this kid good. to do that. Like oh, that's yeah. like the that's like the like the icing on the cake for this dude's whole story.
1: Well, it's like when my father eventually passes away. We're going to <laughs> we're going to rustle papers at his funeral in his honor. That's like what I'm saying. Everybody's sitting around
2: the grave and Drink a whole bunch of Schmidts and yeah. do something other than. Uh, Everyone, clear your throat <laughs> into the microphone
1: one last time. And
0: Don't worry, man. I promise, I'll I'll uh, I'll record a podcast over your grave.
2: A- <laughs> <laughs> oh man, eh, well, screw you guys. Who's saying I'm going first? That's true. It's a, well the way you drive. Um,
0: I mean the way I eat. Shit, <laughs> I'll be. It'll it'll be cool. Don't worry, you guys are a- Confirmed. You're allowed to podcast at my funeral.
2: All right. There you go. <laughs> well, we're
1: gonna land this plane here in a second. I got one last thing I want to mention about his uh just the way he was received in uh, the two different countries of which he's uh, considered a hero of. But anything else you wanna say to the people on the way out, Dad?
2: No, I think this, you know, Lafayette was, you know, you might ask why is he a loser? Well, the way he was treated in his own country kinda kinda gives you a clue. Yeah. Although he was a citizen of the United States. Um and so many things in this country were named in his honor Lafayette College i mean it just goes on and on with the with uh the honors that were he he was bestowed upon him that uh, very cool guy and to be that cool at um as a teenager like holy shit i mean i wasn't thinking about um fighting for anybody else's freedom at uh, as a teenager um as you're trying to uh, you know Master uh, driver's education or something like that, you know, get your license, get your car. Um, this was guy Batman. was, this guy, <laughs> this guy comes over to a, a foreign country, learns the language while he's sailing across the ocean so he can go fight for liberty and, and, and freedom and justice for all. So And yeah. he's
1: successful at it. That's the wildest part. Um Now, I will say this on the way out, folks. Uh, We wanted to do an in-depth one here. Again, thank you to uh, Kat Smith and uh, some of the people over at American History Fanatics. We'll reach out. That Lafayette Trail thing seems pretty cool because I think that follows where his path was when he was returning and visiting. Right. So I think that'd be really cool to maybe talk to that guy or uh, maybe even talk to Kat. I don't know. She's always posting cool stuff on that thing. But... um, Also, again, thank you so much to everybody over at the Founding Losers. This episode is free, and uh, if you're listening to it for free, thank a Founding Loser because they're the reasons that we can still do this. Uh, It literally boils down to if you join them for $3 a month. It is less than a dollar an episode. Okay, that's what it boils down to. You get three for free, and then the one at the end of the month just costs you a buck. That's it. I think that's as fair as I can do it. It's as uh, we're not here for profit. Uh, we we make a little bit of money every now and then, but uh, you know, to buy my love apparently. Uh, buying your love, buying your services for, uh, and I won't announce the date yet. But I did just get confirmation from the good people at Eight Hundred Pound Gorilla that um, we're going to be ringing. Twenty Twenty Two is going to be a good year for OKP. Uh, my uh, my yeah. debut album and uh, the uh, the filmed version of my yeah. album is going to be coming off as well, Um, directed by Christian Atrell cordes who I can't believe I think just shocked himself with the microphone. I did.
0: (laughs) Never in my life have I gotten shocked on the nose before.
1: That was impressive. (laughs) Oh, that was weird. Do it again. I didn't see
0: it. you want to go out of here we can swap mics <laughs> um
1: but yeah man uh so uh i read it to you guys before we started recording here andrew pound gorilla will be putting out my album it's called escape from jacksonville it will be available on sirius xm pandora and then eventually uh for uh, home consumption and eventually i think we're gonna put the full video over on uh youtube man i'm very excited about this so proud Uh, of you man you did such a killer job with it man and it's uh you
0: you did all the fucking work you
1: wrote the damn thing well all three of us were involved you know you were running the cameras you did all the editing you did all the post work you helped make me feel comfortable that day i wrote all the material and performed it my father showed up with a a cooler full of smittix to drink in the back (laughs) i was the laugh track for both shows (laughs) and um I hope he can hear this one. I don't eventually we'll we'll catch him up on this one. Uh Uncle Paulie, you're out there, all right? Get your ass better. We need you, all right? And uh we'll see you uh, shortly, my friend, all right? Now, we need you to come back to us soon so that you can be uh commenting uh, little asshole comments on our social media <laughs> on every episode. But uh, again, thank you so much. We got a, a lot of people that we really want to thank, man. Um, eventually, I'll do a big thank you episode just for you guys, that the loyal listeners of the show, and the new people that are coming in. Consider yourselves welcome, guys. Um, but the last thing I wanted to say is that, uh, of course, you can follow me on uh, at sucks over on Instagram. Um, I got a couple big podcast appearances coming up that uh, I can't really talk about just yet, but let's say Sam Tripoli's involved. And I think that means a lot to some people. And if it doesn't, it's just a very entertaining conversation. But uh, a couple of the big things coming from them. Uh, please come see me down Presidents Day weekend. I will be at Side Splitters in Tampa with the great Lynn Coplets. I will be there Thursday, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Maybe two shows Sunday. I'm not sure. And then I think Monday night I'm going to sneak my way back up to good old Jacksonville, Florida. I'm going to do a little special appearance down at the Rain Dogs uh, over there with uh, my pal Chris Buck.
2: Reemerge and reescape.
1: That's the move, my friend. You got to go back down there. It's my last chance to try out the new material because if that album comes out when I think it does, um, that means I got to have new shit next time some of you jerks come see me. So (laughs) I'll be riding my sweet little ass off. But – this is the thing I wanted to say on the way out. Follow us over at American Loser Podcast on Instagram. Join the Patreon for as little as $3 a month. You want to throw more in whatever, we'll throw you some merch, man. Just send me your address on there. So if you message me on there, I can keep track of it. I have some people that message me through the, the DMs on Instagram for uh, uh the loser thing. They send it to me regularly. I, I just lose track of them. I can't keep track. I'm really <laughs> – I'm a pretty successful comic, but uh, it's been absolutely brutal this last couple of years. So I work a couple of – I work my day job. I work other weird side hustles and stuff like that. I can't keep everything straight, guys. I'm working as hard as I can on this. Uh, But anyway, uh, the thing on our way out here is just the Marquis de Lafayette. Um, He is, again, a hero in America, a hero in France. But upon his death, the French government orders him to be buried in a military-style funeral, which makes it private, which means no public funeral for him. And people actually show up to protest because they wanted to honor their hero one last time because the king did not like how popular the Marquis de Lafayette was. He held too much power over the commoners. So in France, he's not—you know, his exit is not as glorious as it could be. So what do we do across the pond over here in America? To take care of our boy that helped us win their freedom? Uh, it's about a month-long tribute to him. They said the only death in the nation up to this point of an American hero – that was more celebrated and widely mourned and and, you know done ceremonies for Um, I think there were like black curtains hung up at uh, all the state houses and stuff like that I mean it was an absolute a month of mourning in America for the Marquis de Lafayette the only person with a bigger um, celebration of life if you will was George Washington so up until that point up until that point so that is the Marquis de Lafayette American Loser an
0: American loser the day I was born